So, you know, that's how Mickey motivated guys, man. He would just say things to you that just, just you couldn't believe. Like, you would make a play, and he'll be like, Vince, man, you got to make that play. It's like, Coach, I couldn't. Man. He's like, well, you got to run faster than you can run. I was like, what do you mean, Coach? He was like, what'd you run the 40? I'm like, you know, four, seven, four, six. He's like, well, you got to run four or five if you want to make that play. And be <laughs> dead serious. Like, not joking. Like, just the standard was ridiculously high. He used to challenge people all the time. He told me I came out of high school too early. I had graduated early. I came in. He's like, oh, you missed that good, that good prom loving for this. This is what you came up here for. <laughs> he was like, your mama lied to me. She told me that she had a stud for me. She lied. She lied in my face, bitch. He said, where you from, Davenport? I never recruited another fat linebacker from Davenport ever again. They might as well blow it up. <laughs> I'll never get another linebacker from Davenport ever again in my life. Hey, guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, a.k.a. E-Dub. In the house, you know, we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Buckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder, Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. We are here on this wonderful Thursday night as usual. You guys are going to listen to the interview later, but we just got done with former Noel and current starting linebacker, Vince Williams. Uh, I was fangirling at the beginning, but you'll see I turned into a professional. I'm really learning here. Uh, but I had an awesome interview with Carlos's brother. We talked about Florida State, Mickey Andrews, former guys like Timmy Jernigan, uh, Helvin Smith jumped into some Steelers stuff in the NFL. We talked Super Bowl. We talked Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, all kinds of stuff. This was a phenomenal hour-long interview with I think is going to be a future Steelers uh, uh, legend. Uh, yeah, most most was saying that Vince wasn't going to talk that much and <laughs> stuff, but I mean, <laughs> I man, said, he, he had I plenty to say. Where because yeah, more more than enough. That, I, that might be the longest interview we've done. It, is. it was, it was long. It was. Long. I just was aware of how Logan can be off the hinge at times. Excuse <laughs> me, me, I was me not Justin, Austin, or Nate. I was really concerned about you. I told my wife the same thing. I'm concerned about Logan. Yeah, you did tell Nate to behave, though. You did tell Nate to behave last night. Yeah. It's because it's protocol, Nate. It's just set an argument. I want to spark a little fire. Come on now. Yeah, man. I mean. <laughs> You know, I, I had to be professional, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, know I, 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 you know, I wanted to have a couple arguments, you know, I, I, I had a couple of times where I wanted to, you know, give my thoughts, but hey, you know, <laughs> that, 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 that's what we have you, you and me here for now, you know. It was yeah. though. It was, it was really yeah. awesome. I mean, getting him on, I mean, like he, like, like he said, he, he doesn't, he's, um, 
his his football mind is really for himself in the game. So to have him come on and really give us a piece of it was really awesome, man. Me and him talk football all the time, but to share it with um, us and our listeners is pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely awesome. That interview is going to be here in just a little bit after we run through the hot hitters of football this week. There's a little bit to talk about. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Spotify. If you're on our YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. I would definitely appreciate it. Um, at the top here is Nate Greer, our lead recruiting insider. Beside him is Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. Both those guys had a busy week with National Signing Day coming up. Uh, Carlos Williams, 2013 national champion, always with us. Austin Vizier, our lead basketball writer. He's crying because there's no basketball. Yeah, I have not had a busy week. Yeah, he's been sad <laughs> that he's been relaxed. But, uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. Since that was an hour-long podcast our interview with uh, Vince, we'll jump you into that here in a few. Uh, Destin Hill, big-time uh, national signing day situation. Four-star wide receiver out of Louisiana picks the Seminoles. Uh, this is something that has been in the works for a while. It seems like he was almost a silent commit, Nate. Uh, obviously, playmaker, fast, has great hands, red zone threat. Probably going to make an impact early in his career at Florida State. Nate and Dustin, y'all go at it with them. Uh, Dustin Hill is a Seminole, finally. Yeah, I mean, uh, has there been like a, a recruitment of a top flight guy recently that's been as quiet? You know, lately, a lot of these guys are all over social media. He's just kept to himself. Uh, you know, we talked about Florida State and, you know, their chances with him almost a year ago, you know, after he made that first visit last January, you know, kind of emerged in that Florida State was going to be a, a a legit landing spot for him. And then, you know, things picked up pretty rapidly. But, you know, with, with, with Destin, you know, they, they get a guy who – I compare to Jamar Chase, you know, the, the former LSU receiver, kind of the same body, same same kind of style of play. Uh, you know, one thing with, with Destin is that, you know, he has legit speed, but he's also as quick as, as he is fast. He catches with his hands. You know, he makes the, the, the contested catch. He's quick off the line. You know, he can, he can beat you on a deep route. He can beat you – you know, he has a – the, the ability to run routes, you know, I think we talked about it a couple weeks ago with Ken, about Kenny Shaw. You know, he was he was on a different level. And not a lot of guys have that advancement on, on the route running. And, and, yes, Destin can work on that kind of stuff, but he's pretty advanced as a route runner. You know, my I think opinion, he's I agree. I think he's pretty fluent as a route runner. Yes, yes. I, I think that there are not 19 wide receivers better than him in this class. I think that he's underrated as a – as a player. Uh, and I think he looked even better as a senior. You know, he had a huge junior year where he had a touchdown on one every four catches and he was even better this year. He's a, he's a threat on special teams. Again, you know, talk about the versatility, multi-threat guy. Um, I really expect him to come in and play right away for Florida state. Massive, massive signing for Florida state. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I, th I think Dustin is going to come in and make an instant impact in FSU's wide receiving cores. He's he's an extremely tough player. And, I mean, just watching him on film, some of the things that really jumped out to me are just his burst. I mean, he's just pulling – you watch some guys on film and they're fast. But when you watch him on film, he's just pulling away from everybody as soon as he catches the ball. I mean, just so quick. And then I, we said it – go ahead. No, I was going to ask Carlos, did you watch it? 
any of of his senior highlights? Yes, I did. You, you, you yes, talk I about did. you know, talk about you know what your brother said about Tyreek Hill. You know, you think you got an angle on him, and he just oh, he definitely has he angle. Crushes that angle. Angle eating speed. I yep. mean, I, I, he reminded to me who who I rem, he reminds me of is Rashad. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashad mm-hmm. was more long and linky. He's a little bit more solid. I mean, mm-hmm. still kind of built at six foot. To me, he looks like six foot, six, little between five eleven, six foot range, but a nice two two hundred pound frame. I mean, mm-hmm. he looks good. Um, look like I said, a little more solid than Rashad, but he's very fluent in his route running. He'll go up mm-hmm. and get a ball. He's very aggressive. Um, he looks like he has big physical hands. Um, I do think he can come on the campus and 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 produce day one. Who knows how much? Because also we're looking guys to come in the spring and step up. Um, we're also looking at guys to come in, the kid from uh, Kansas to come in and play. Um, he got, got a transfer in. So and um, uh, so you just you just don't know. I'm going to say he's talented. I like that we picked him up. He's going to be big mm-hmm. for recruiting the next year, um, knowing that we're going to want another big receiver. We're going to go out and get another one. Why not? Um, mm-hmm. I, I like to pick up. I'm very proud of Norvell and the coaching staff and the recruiting staff going to get that kid. I mean, it's a big motivator moving forward. I agree with Los. I I compare him a lot with Kenny Shaw. I think he has an ad, or not Kenny Shaw, uh, uh, Rashad Green. I think speed, but also the way he's versatile. He can get off tackles, great hand. That's something Rashad Green was exceptional at. Red zone threat. You're always going to put him there. I mean, I mean, Florida State in the 2013 national championship and last drive there, Rashad Green was one of the machines that worked that drive with Jameis Swenson and other guys. Shoot, he was right there as a red zone threat. Ended up getting the penalty off the dumb DB of Auburn. Worked out perfectly. Jimbo ran it up perfectly, but he was a red zone threat. That's why that DB was hu- hugging onto him. This is, I think, what Destin mm-hmm. Hill is going to be under Mike Norvell's offense under Kenny Dillingham. This is a playmaker. This is what they advertise as a staff coming in last year. They were telling us, you know, we want playmakers. We want playmakers. These are guys that you just give them the ball. If Florida State has a passing quarterback, give them the ball. Let them do his thing. You see it across the country with all these cats that – are just playmakers. They make things happen. This guy right here, Destin Hill, is one of those, and I don't think Florida State has had one of those in a, in a good long while. I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah, I, I don't think it was ever really close to, you know, you know, we talked about as a group, you know, when, you know, Luke Altmaier was in that that camp with him, you know, Destin told him then that he's coming to Florida State, and it, it's been that way the whole time. So I don't think that it was really competitive in, in that recruitment. I think that, you know, Coach Johnson did a great job, you know, with his ties in, in Louisiana. You know, they, they pegged him as their top receiver early on, and you know, they just did a great job in that recruitment. There are a few other guys on National Signing Day that seemed like maybe Florida State was going to be in the mix for – um, Iwan Malone ends up going defensive tackle, going to Ole Miss. Austin Uke, offensive lineman, ends up picking Stanford. And Terry Arnold goes with Alabama. There was some smoke in between a few of these guys. I know Dustin and also Nate were in on this and had articles prepped for all of these guys just in case. And tweets. And, and tweets. So <laughs> if, if anybody didn't miss it, Dustin, our lead writer and editor <laughs> – and, and I don't want to get on to him because it's happened to me numerous times through our years at Noel Game Day. But we got to talk about it, Dustin. Dustin had a Terry on Arnold tweet prepared for <laughs> for him uh, signing with Florida State. You know, like I just said, he goes to Alabama. 
Dustin, you, you tweeted the tweet. It went out just for how many, How long? About three it? seconds. For about three seconds. Somehow, long, long enough for a screenshot. Long enough, of course, yep. this is the internet. Long enough for a screenshot, and it goes to show that Dustin, you said that your hand fell and it hit a button and it tweeted that Taron Arnold. Oh, I was trying. I was State. hitting my. I think I was hitting a shift to do like a hashtag, and I accidentally hit enter. Mm. And uh, mistakes were made. I don't know if y'all have ever seen Key and Peele, but the the skit where he's sweating and it's like coming out of his head like a sprinkler. Mm. Like that that was me. And then after that, for like the next 30 minutes, I was just searching no game day on Twitter to see if people were pissed off to that tweet. Dude, no one, we didn't know it. You were real quiet about it. He got lucky. He got lucky. He got lucky for two. That's what I saw. The Discord caught you. The Discord caught you, got out there. Um, and that was hilarious because you got you got two hours away with it. You got two hours away with this. You kind of still won the battle, but still screenshots are screenshots. <laughs> I was embarrassed. I don't, but luck. I, I mean, you know, that's not the worst thing. It's been tweeted on no game day. That that is true. That is. You know, true. And I, the, there were some little dead cat bounce, whatever you want to call it. Some little, you know, false hope that you know maybe Arnold would shock the world and choose Florida State on on, on Wednesday. But you know, I tell you what, man, Alabama's going to find a way, whether they're full or not. You know, when if they want someone, they're going to find a way to fit them in that class. Oh yeah. And, you know, I, I know some people are upset that, oh, you know, here you go, another guy that, you know, it's from Tallahassee that didn't choose Florida State. You know, Florida State did their – they did a, a solid job recruiting Terry Arnold. Um, you know, he was there a lot before COVID. I mean, shit. I mean, he he watched the Super Bowl there last year. You know, I think that week he visited Florida State three times. Um, so, you know, he gave them a, a legit shot and they worked their tail off for him. It just didn't work out. In my opinion, when you have a kid that lives in a city, it's kind of hard to want to go to school in that city. I mean, mm-hmm. let's look, okay, can we do a, a history or background on how many kids have come to Florida State out of Tallahassee and been successful? How about Tallahassee or the area? In an area. Let's go to area. Like been successful, that stayed here. Yeah, the last guy maybe Nigel Bradham. It might end up being Gainer. Might end up being Gainer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, but, okay. Just, just think about it. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while. So I mean, it's kind. Of, do I want to stay here? No. I mean, it's, it's appealing because it's Florida State. It's always mm-hmm. going to appeal. But, I mean, sometimes you want to get out and see a different part of the country. You want to see di- something else. I mean, and why not go to Bama to a winning uh, program right now? Not saying that if I was a kid, I wouldn't choose Florida State if it's a top school, if it's not my favorite or whatever. But I'm saying for a kid that's lived here all his life, maybe he wants to see something different. Yeah, I got to go on to my visits and maybe Tuscaloosa has something not just like that. I want to be there. It's close enough home, but it's mm-hmm. further enough away that I get. Uh, I, I'm away from home field. Now, a lot of kids want to experience that these days. Los, it's kind of like our, my situation and also Dustin's situation. We lived here our whole life, and we're more appealed to doing academics than football. So that's the kind of thought process that we went through um, and have excelled in academics. Uh, didn't, feel like, uh, <laughs> didn't feel like football was a route for us. So I, I could kind of relate that to a few guys. Let me right? tell you how much I excelled in academics. 
Seventh year senior. <laughs> seventh year senior. I'm right. I graduated. Super duper senior. Nine months ago. I got my medical red shirt and everything. Wow. Medical gray red shirt, shirts of every color, practically, that they can give you an NCAA. They made up and, a rainbow shirt. And Florida, Florida State went up Florida State went up to to the last minute with, with Malone, man. They 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 tried to to really yeah. Get get him in, in the class. So did you know. we have any surprise commits? Were we surprised by anybody that committed to us that we didn't think we were gonna get? There was only oh, one. We only got one. Yeah, only one. That was signing, it. But tribe twenty one's over. Well, yep. Technically, practically, tribe twenty one's I mean, over. Final. Could be one spot on, left. Not final thoughts. So thoughts on the on the class. You ended number twenty two. Uh, twenty two is number twenty two is seventeen kids. What's the most impressive group? And I'll tell you mine right now. Is the D line. Defensive line. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, that, that, hey, listen, that defense, so that, oh, 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 man, <laughs> end to end can be scary if they mm-hmm. come to play football, man. I yep. mean, if they get in there, hit the playbook, hit the weight room, I mean, hit the track, hit the, I mean, hit the field, hit the turf, whatever you got to hit. If they hit it hard, man, and they go after it, they, that can be a scary group, not only just for the starting group, but for the guys that play behind them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got so much depth and talent there. I mean, I don't, I don't see why we we cannot become a, a factory like we used to be. I don't, I don't yep. see why we can't establish ourselves as one of the best front uh, front sevens in the country. Because I mean, our linebackers are going to play exceptional. I mean, uh, we we talked to Byron Turner last night for Unconquered Talk, and just listening to him man, and, and his approach, it's kind of like your brothers, man. Just straight football, you know. Just I'm coming to just play football, and and do what I got to do to get forward and see it back. And you, and you look what he's been doing, you know, on the social media, posting a lot of, of his workouts and what he's doing to get ready for college. And, you know, he looks like he's, he's ready for, for football. Um, he's looking, he's, he's, he's coming in with a mentality. He's going to try to take someone's minutes. And uh, I, I like to hear that. And that's, I think that's the approach you got to have. I yep. mean, honestly, if you, after, after talking to Vince, that that was his approach. He was like, okay, I've trained like this. I've been around professionals like this. I'm going to go in. That's my approach. Like I, I'm in a position where I have to go take somebody else's food off their plate. And that's, and it hasn't been around Florida state in a while. And we talked about it when Vince said about Telvin them were groomed and they were, you know, by the time they were seniors, they were better off. They were more ready to be the leaders, you know, than they were. I think by the time this group, this class, this front four, this front, this group of D linemen, by the time these guys are ready to get ready to go to the NFL or graduate, it can be a scary group of guys. Mm-hmm. Might be the be real scary. mob. Might be the real mob. Yeah. Mob 2.0, possibly. Which guy out of this class, and you can also add in um, transfers to which two guys? You could do a transfer and a recruit. Which two guys are you picking to have a that you're most excited for? It can be the most impact, blah, blah, blah. But which guy excites you the most out of this? So so I, I, I'm going to say this, and it's probably going to start an argument with Carlos. But let me <laughs> let me nothing new. lead off with – I'm not saying that he will, but I think Destin Hill is going to have a very Rashad-like career at Florida State. Not saying that he breaks his records. Not saying you know that it's definite. You never know how things are going to unfold. But when you look at Destin Hill coming in, I think he's going to have a great career at Florida State. 
I, I, I think that he can be very similar to what Rashad was in, in his time at Florida State. Um, and for when you look at the the transfer guys, you know, we talk about Milton and Johnson, and, and that's what I'm going to go with, you know. You know, it's kind of a tie between, you know, what, you know, Milton and what he can do at quarterback and, and you know, bringing bring a, a pass rusher who was, you know, super effective in limited snaps at Georgia. So, you know, I, I think that you know, there's a lot to be excited about. I mean, I, I agree. When you talk about the class-wise of, of, of recruits coming out of high school, I agree. Hill can 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 definitely have that Rashad-like impact. There's no argument there. I think if mm-hmm. he comes in and he's given an opportunity and he takes the opportunity, then I believe – Is he going to work as hard as Rashad, yeah, though? Yeah. I mean, you have to because there's nobody that work, work. Think about – go look at that roster in 2011 when we got here. Look, mm-hmm. look at that roster. Look at that far roster. Burt Reed was on, man. There's a lot of guys on that roster, man. I mean, so if he comes in and put the work, I think he's. I think he he's he's just he's Rashad like. Um, transfer wise, uh, defensively, I want to see Robinson. Um, I want to see where they plug and play him, how well he fits in, and if he brings that South Carolina mentality down here because they're known for having you know tremendous safeties. Um, mm-hmm. uh, offensively, I want to see Williams. I want to see. I want to see. I, I want to bring that SEC attitude. Um, down here, um, you had it last year with Corbin, um, and and then you had Webb come in. Um, you had Little Nine come in. You had a bunch of backfield, but you're coming in. They wouldn't have brought in another back if they didn't need another back. Put it that way. I mean, you got guys that's in the rotation that should be getting reps now. Douglas is still there, 22. Um, mm-hmm. Other guys that should be getting carries, but you're bringing SEC talent, quality back like this. Um, he's coming in to get touches. I want to see what he's going to do um, and how Norville is going to use him in the downhill run game. Yeah, I think obviously Hill's going to get talked about enough and what he can provide, but getting him and then as well, Andrew Parchment from Kansas, that wide receiver room needed a huge boost. Mm-hmm. Losing Terry and a lot of unproven guys. We all really like Keyshawn Heldon and Ontario Wilson and so on and so forth, Brian Robinson. But to get a guy that's proven it at a Division one level, yeah, it's Kansas, whatever. He still has production, and they need that. So I think pairing those two, yeah, we can talk about Milton. Everyone's going to talk about Milton. Mm-hmm. But getting guys a throw to is important. Yeah, and if I was trying to go away from uh, Destin Hill to pick a recruit that I'm excited to see next season, I would probably go with uh, Rod Orr just because we've really seen what um, Coach Atkins is starting to do with this offensive line. I mean, even last year, he brought Robert Scott in, mm-hmm. developed him enough to turn him into a starting right tackle for Florida State for a couple games last year. Freshman All-American. Yeah, that's right. Freshman All-American. I think he was a all-ACC all all freshman as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Rod Orr could go go along a similar timeline as him, and we'll just have to see. And then transfer-wise, I would probably say Jermaine Johnson as well, just because I think we said it on Monday night, Nate, Florida State had eight sacks all of last season, and mm-hmm. Jermaine Johnson had, I think it was seven. So just getting a guy that can come in and – rush the passer like that it's it's not only going to help out the defensive line it's going to help out the defensive backs as well so i'm excited mm-hmm. to see him for me i'm going to go along with the transfer with dustin jermaine johnson absolutely big get for florida state you got to bring in a pass rusher it was a surprise nationally for them to grab them him uh i think he's going to have upwards of nine sacks this year which would be a huge improvement than what we saw last year the, Even the whole team 
Yeah, it would be a huge <laughs> upgrade, uh, obviously. And I think he's going to have a big play and certain packages, and he's going to get after that quarterback. Um, uh, and it, it really depends on who they're going to sit on the other side, if it's going to be Keir Thomas. Uh, do they throw a gainer on the other side? I think this D-line unit is going to be uh, pretty interesting to watch and watch it build. It's going to take a little while, but it's, we're seeing some younger talent coming in. But Jermaine Johnson is going to be a veteran guy that has SEC experience. He's got Juco. He's the number one Juco guy coming uh, out of there in his class, uh, played at Georgia. There ain't no sissy school. He's played against good competition. Jermaine Johnson mm-hmm. will make an impact in that Notre Dame game. Uh, to me, as a true freshman coming in, one of the young young ones, I watched a lot of highlights of him throughout uh, the last couple of like year, year and a half, uh, and it's going to be Joshua Farmer. So y'all were talking about the defensive line earlier. And this guy is practically close, uh, a native guy to Tallahassee nearby in the area. This guy mm-hmm. is quick. He's coached fast. by he's, Corey Fuller. Yeah. He's worked his tail off. Um, he's up, he's up to two sixty. Mm-hmm. Like you know how Logan feels about weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it. <laughs> I, I love weight. Yeah. We said, we know how Logan feels about guys getting yeah, weight. Well, uh, two, th- two years ago, he was like two fifteen, two twenty. So the, 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 the the body transformation and the ability to to put on great weight and also get better as a player. I mean, you know, his, his progression has been pretty significant. Yeah, it's been very nice to watch and watch. Like I said, him working out. I think he's kind of like my, probably like my sleeper pick. There's a lot of guys that obviously excite me, but if I was going to pick like a sleeper guy that I think is going to have a successful career just from his mindset and how I know that. You know, listening to his coach talk and posting videos of him working his tail off. I think Joshua Farmer is a guy that I'm excited just to see on campus. And he's been on campus for a few months now. So he's under coach storms. And like Nate said, he's put on some pounds. So Joshua Farmer, give it to me. And I love and, his name. And not to, not to be redundant. And, you know, I think Carlos kind of said it too. You know, again, you know, we had him on the podcast right before he enrolled. You know, just the mentality, man, the mentality of, no, I was just coming in to, to, to play football. That's all I care about. And, and also the fan in him wanting to help direct direct the program back in the right direction. So, you know, just that mentality is, is going to pay off. It's Absolutely. different than, than what's been there. It's, it's just it's a different mentality. And I, I know, you know, Vince said it a couple times when he was talking to us about how, you know, Florida State got away from a certain kind of player. And I think some of these guys in this class kind of fit that old school mentality that you know, Florida State used to, you know, traditionally go after. Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100%. So uh, before we move on from recruiting, got a question for you real quick, Nate. You know, obviously you look back at this 2021 recruiting cycle, there's been a couple of disappointments for Florida State. Luke Altmaier going to Ole Miss, Brandon Jennings ending up at, what was it? I think he ended Maryland. Up there, Maryland. And then, you know, obviously no one really expected Taryn Arnold to pick Florida State yesterday, but throughout his recruitment, just Florida State kind of uh, losing out on him and not even really having a chance. So there's, just, there's been a couple disappointing decisions that didn't go in FSU's favor. Mm-hmm. Who Who is one player that you would have really liked to see end up in Drive 21 that did not? Um, I got to go Luke, man. I, I, I just – Think that 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 kid's head is in the right spot as a quarterback. Uh, 
just because he signed with Ole Miss, I still think that he was a very good uh, scheme fit for what the offense likes to do. Uh, he, he played in the same kind of offense all four years in high school. You know, his coaches spent a lot of time in Coach Norvell when he was at Memphis to learn that system. So, you know, he 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 has four years experience in it and is used to it. Yes, it's different college, the speed of the game, all that kind of stuff. But he he's used to that system, used to the play calls. Um, you know, the, the guy as a, as a leader, you know, what he was doing, you know, with, with this Tribe 21 class and, you know, he, he was one of the unquestioned leaders of the class. So, you know, the, the, the team takes on the mentality of your quarterback, which one thing is what excites me about, you know, Mackenzie Melton. But, you know, look at the future of the program. You know, it, it would have been interesting to see how things unfold with him at quarterback. And, you know, I, I, I got to put Jennings a close second. I just don't understand that. That decision, you know, someone had to be in his ear giving him some bad advice, you know, I, I, if you don't go to four state, that's fine, you know. But you should have never committed in, in the Maryland, first place. Man. He went to Maryland, though. And he went to Maryland. He's not gonna. He's gonna win what at Maryland? Yeah, I mean Five Michigan. Games. Michigan, I find I, okay. But Maryland, you are gonna go get your feet feet toe up wearing yeah. underwear? Yeah, let me let me yeah. read this off again. Uh, Maryland, <laughs> Maryland. What did you say, Los? <laughs> yeah, go feet. wear Under Armour's you want to, son. Under Armour's shoes are horrible. Yeah, get those feet tore up. You want to? Yeah. <laughs> but um, Mar- Maryland head coach Mike Loxley, career record eight and forty-three. You went to bro, who bro? Okay, hey, that's real. Eight and forty-three. That is real. Mike Loxley. Mike Loxley is the prime example of the Saban rehab program. I repeat, Maryland is violating recruiting rules. <laughs> he eight and what? Forty three. He, he's getting top recruits in the country. You I guess he. I guess he's six. He's six and seventeen at Maryland. So before that, he was two and. Yes. Twenty six. Wow. Was he a head coach before? Chicken bags up there. Was it New Mexico? Putting, New Mexico. Oh my god! Check Maryland McDonald's around campus. They're putting dollars <laughs> in the bags. I feel like up there it's like a White Castle or something. It's not but, you know, you know, for, for me, you know, Luke is number one. I would have to put Jennings number two because of the sheer need that FSU needed with him, and you know, just the ties, the legacy, and Maryland. I get Ole Miss. You know what I'm saying? I get yeah. Ole Miss SEC football. You know what I'm saying? You can have Home a State. great year. You can come up and have a great year. Yeah. You could. You could have yeah. a decent year in the East. But you went to Maryland, bro. Hell, I, I even understand going to Miami and play with your brother. Yeah. Maryland. But I, I, I really don't understand, like, what benefit. Is the, is, 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 is the quality of degree really prestigious? Is it really good? Solid. Okay. But, like, I, it's like, I, know, I know, like, we used to train with James Ferrier, and he went mm-hmm. to Virginia. We were, it was funny because you went to Virginia. Virginia is a different animal, though, you know. Yeah. But Virginia's like, academically, is a very prestigious school oh, yeah. for the ACC. Yeah. Like, it's a very but, good But Florida State's number 19 in the country now, you know. Yeah. There's nothing to, to, to turn your head up. You know? but right. I, I was just like, but you, but the kid committed to Maryland over. Well, well over under two years is in the portal. Under. Under. <laughs> next summer. He's in there next summer. You don't like to He's see. In, okay. Okay. Here's my whole thing about the portal. All these top kids going to these great programs and, um, you know, these 
honestly, the age of the four star, three star kid is almost destined to be screwed because mm-hmm. they're they're the tweeners now. They're not the kid that's destined to go to a D2, D3 school. And they're not the kid that's going to get going to be a guaranteed starter. I'm a shoe in when I get on campus to play something right away. I am the transfer portal kid now. I'm going to go in, not get what's promised to me or get a taste of it, but not enough. And then I'm going to go to another school in hopes that I'm what they really need. And you didn't get visits because of COVID. Nope. So you're, you're taking, but you know, I'm a reference Hunter Washington last night when we were talking to him. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a, a chance. You know, I never really got to visit Florida state. I'm depending on the relationships I built with the coaches and, and you know, seeing what I saw, Virtually on Florida State, you know, I, I'm more interested in, in the coaching staff and the in the tradition of, of the program. Maryland ain't got none of that. No. So you know, yeah. I, I I think Jennings and a, a lot of kids are going to be one to two years going to be like you know I made a bad decision and that portal is going to be ridiculous. He's going to be gone. He's not going to be there at all. Well, it's just so. like it's just like last year you saw uh, former Florida State commit Keyshawn Green. Ended up at Nebraska, and then he's already. I think he's back down at Florida Atlantic now. Yep. The Marcus Bowman went to Clemson. Whoa, 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 whoa! I honestly believe he wanted to kick off a trend. And if you know anything about Polk County, and you know anything about Lakeland, they're known as the Lake the, the Gator Knots. They're he known just as, went. He just went to Florida. It's a pipeline, bro. Yeah. You don't. You don't play running back at Florida. I mean, at Lakeland and don't go to Florida. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not what you do. Like, you just don't be one of the best running backs in, in, in the state, if yeah. not in the country, and you played at Lakeland. Yeah. You should have just went. Yeah. You're royalty. That's yeah. what you do. That's, 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 this just happens that way. So, I mean, he went to Clemson. I mean, he got butt hurt because you're not going to, you're not going to play over ETN. Mm-hmm. I mean, the other running back they have there, he's been there, what, five years? He's a, he's a, Richard now. He was six on the depth chart. Yeah, so you're not getting touches. I the number you. one running back in the country. You're on a national Clemson. It was number six. Yeah, quality team. You're on a national championship quality team. Yeah. I got lucky when I got moved to running back there. We had injuries. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> I had to compete with Ryan Green and, and Mario Pender, who couldn't keep grades. I got lucky. And then I just I just competed with James and Devontae. And I got I mean we all we all ate, but I'm saying like I just I got lucky. Like you went to a national championship competing team and thought you were just gonna go in and run and get carries. You should went to Florida, whose backfield been struggling for a little while. Mm-hmm. They haven't had like a top tier back in a while. You know you should have went there and competed for, for for a spot. I mean you had favoritism. It just you just didn't roll your dice the right way, my man. Well. We end off the recruiting part of this. Let's jump into just one more thing related to football. Spring practice was an uh, the spring practice start date was announced. It's going to be March 9th. Uh, Florida State's uh, just a little little over a month from now from hitting the field. If everything goes right, God willing, please fingers crossed. Florida State's going to mm-hmm. have their first true spring under Mike Norvell and company. If everything works out fine uh, and you know, definitely this is huge. This is huge for youngins coming in, even transfers that are stepping on the campus. They're going to be under inside the more working out under coach storms. I mean, this is just, this is big for four state and much needed uh, spring. Nate. And for, and for my, and Milton. And- who's, who's, uh who's, who's the standout first day who shows up first day. Like who's talked about 
in the media. First day is like a guy that came up, showed up prepared to to compete, to to put on a display. Who 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 who's who's getting talked about first day of practice? Milton. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about the quarterback. You can't no talk about what. QB. That's a given. We're not talking about givens. We're talking about a guy that's talked about, got us brung up like, whoa, this guy is somebody that caught our attention. Um, I think it's somebody in the secondary. I was going to say Demoria, just because we didn't see him all last year. Mm, okay. I would yeah. say Norvell gave some hints about him a couple weeks ago. I would say a guy like Tate. You know, he's following kind of the same path that Travis Jay did. Okay. Um, and you look at offense. Um, I think that uh, I think that you know, Lawrence Toe Philly is going to take a step. Okay. Let's okay. go. I like it. I like it. I'm excited. I mean, I'm just excited for them to get out there. How big of a spring is it, Carlos? For how big it was it for you and? How much do you think it means? Because a lot of we've I mean, had a lot of past players on here talk about the spring, but what does it mean? Hey, what did it mean to you? I broke my wrist the Florida game my freshman year. I didn't get to play in a champs ball against Notre Dame. And that spring, I mean, I played with a broken wrist, and that was like I had to compete against T Brooks. And my brother always said tells this crazy story. He's like, Hey, bro, hope you know you got T Brooks drafted. I'm like, What are you talking about? He was like, You got T Brooks drafted, like Los, because understand, like you were gonna play. Like you came in your freshman year and you just couldn't learn quickly enough. So you got to play anyway. But your the spring, you you were a shoe in to learn it and play it. You should have started. But T Brooks just took the initiative to be like, hey, I'm gonna go out there and just play ball to the wall because I can't let him I, I can't let him start. And I mean, it's just the reps. When you're not like you just it's reps and it's not it's not live game reps, and it's almost safe, put it that way. That's how important it is. It's because you know you can have the mistakes, but you have time to make those mistakes correct before it starts to count against you. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like taking a, P, a pre-SAT. Um, uh, I mean, you, you take the test before the test. So you, when you take the test, it's not a hard test. I mean, it's easy. So, I mean, springs are you get all the kinks out. You find out who's going to be on special teams. You find out the guys who's going to sell out for you. You find the guys who's not going to be starters going into the fall camp. You find out guys you're not going to actually give that many reps to. You find out guys who's going to be competing for a starting spot after in the spring. By the end of spring, you're going to know who's your two starting corners, who's going to be competing for nickel. You got a lot of questions answered during spring. Yeah, you have a lot. You have a lot. You have have a lot lot. of questions. Who's going to be my backup? Who's my third string quarterback? Is it going to be a walk-on, or am I going to redshirt a scholarship kid and put a walk-on as my third string? Because my starter goes down, that back, that 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 scholarship kid or that freshman who's going to be on scholarship or that third that. I mean, that third-year walk-on could be my third-string quarterback. Could end up being a backup. What mm-hmm. am I going to do? Who am I going to invest in? Well, who's going to be my two starting backs? Am I going to like a lot goes into it? I mean, and I just realized just... we had a we had a, we had a transfer last year that didn't get to play the whole season. The tight end from UCLA. Yep, Jordan Jordan Wilson. That kid's a freak of nature. I just watched the highlight tape like last week. I'm like, we haven't seen him touch the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. and I, th- there's a lot of, like Nate says, a lot of questions to be answered. You remember the question you guys, who, who's going to be our starting, um, our starting DB, our secondary, we asked a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. And who's our linebacker, starting two linebackers, Amari and Emmett Rice. Like, Emmett's coming back, but you got other mm-hmm. guys that could play in those same roles. I mean, so spring can answer a lot. Of every questions. position is up for grabs. It is. There, there are no starters right now. There shouldn't be. 
I was going to note too, I was actually on campus when we were doing our Chick-fil-A announcement thing, taking some photos and I actually walked by Jordan Wilson. He's massive. That's a a big boy. I mean, that, that is a big case. He's obviously he's bigger than Cam McDonough, who I still think is going to be your starting tight end, but I'm ready to see those two compete. He's all 6'5". I mean, that's 6'5", good legs, big upper body. Like uh, he's that's a big. That's what you think of a tight end, like an NFL type tight end. Think about this: the last big tight end we had, and 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 they, you know, remember Cas Porowski? Cas, yep. big Cas. He was a tackle. Cas, mm-hmm. Cas went from tight end to tackle. He was so big. Like that kid. Like we haven't seen a tight end that big. I mean, Nick was big for us. I mean, didn't we had Izzo after that? Jeremy Kerr. We haven't had a real huge tight end that kind of. Stress to field playmaker. That kid is geek. I don't know. I mean, like like Nate said, it's a lot of questions to be mm-hmm. answered, man. A lot of questions, man. Offense, defense, and special team. How many kickers on scholarship now? Huh? Just so two. Twelve. How many? Twelve. Just two. Two. Why? I don't think he's gonna stay that way for long. It's too long. I think after long. spring, then I think no. after spring you'll figure I mean, out. What do you think about them taking a uh, a grad transfer long snapper today? You know what though? I do have a lot of respect for long snapper. Shout but out to listen, my boy. Hey, shout out to my boy Phil Dumar. Yeah, I will seven. give Florida State and coaching about props because they lost Jake Mann, yeah. the guy who they were gonna bring in who flipped to Oklahoma. And so they went and got this. So, you know, clearly this guy has a backup plan for a back for a plan. Okay, I, I just want to say I ha- okay, okay. He might how be on scholarship. scholarship. How how do you evaluate Long snapper film. We t- we talked about this. Yeah. How do you we have already a talked about long this? Snapper man. The not again. Not like, again. No. Not again. <laughs> I'm not gonna go to first. I'm gonna. I'll pick. I'll pick Oklahoma over Florida State. How dare you even have a make us a second option? You're a long snapper. Okay. Uh, what was I gonna say? Uh, oh, he flipped on signing day. Yeah. The long snapper flipped. I'm, just, I'm imagining Oklahoma's special teams room just freaking out. We got <laughs> him. Snapper. Mike Norvell's like watching the TV like, we made him Oh, my God. We need to have a video. Why didn't they do a video? Oh, my God. It would be incredible. Now, and that last note on the spring practices, you could easily tell last year this team did not have a spring whatsoever. You could tell. I mean, even the quarterback unit, Travis, I mean, end up being your starting quarterback. The staff put in James Blackman and then uh, Tate Roadmaker. That was the lineup there, the quarterback uh, depth. Gordon Travis should have been the backup. The James Blackman ended up being the starter, blah, blah, blah. But this team desperately on defense, yes, guys are in the wrong spots. Got to have better guys in different packages. You could definitely tell this team was really damaged and struggling because of no spring. I'll I'll die on the hill that this coaching staff went with – what they felt was at the time the best option because of the guys were experienced in, in, in they knew how to go through practice. Whereas there might've been a younger guy better, you know, who's still making mistakes. Like uh, it took him a while to get a, a Dixon as a starter. And I think if you see a spring, you know, he was an early enrollee. I think he's playing a lot more minutes a lot earlier in the season. So, now, this is good. It's good. It's major for FSU. I'm going to answer Take that question. Take a step back. Right he's not playing over Mar. He's not playing over Rice. He shouldn't. Mm. Not in coverage. Dicks. Not in coverage. Who he covers? Who, who he co- who he covers better? We just need him to play over Leonard Warner. 
Oh, he shouldn't even touch the grass. Warner came in, came back as a fox. So he should he shouldn't even touch the grass. He, he should he no. should be play the he should play the bench. So well, he's on special teams though. Bad yeah. last year. Okay, Started that's cold day. Day you fake. take all day, run down there wedge yeah. bus all day, but don't be out there yeah. busting coverage. Go, go be a wedge breaker and. I'm be, I'm no. be, I'm just being honest though. Y'all should have asked yeah. Vince though. Why do you think he he said he stopped watching for a reason? He's honestly Vince is a real defensive guy. I became an offensive yeah. guy when I moved to offense, but he stopped watching. It's really hard to watch defense when linebackers don't drop and they dump balls right yeah. over your right over, over your head. head. Like it'll make you want to. It, it, it all, like, it's bad. It, mm-hmm. You know it. You know the, the the drop is one of the fundamentals of linebacker. Yes. And, read and run. Read don't ball. even don't even have it. You read ball on the line, off the off the yep. line. Yep. That's well, easy. Get, I mean, get, get to the spot. You yes. practice it five hundred times. Get to the spot. Why you're not getting to the spot? I because mean, you don't either understand or you can't do it. No, it's, it's and, one of those and, two. And honestly, we haven't had very. And honestly, him being a linebacker, it put a lot of things in perspective. It's it's take a lot of pride in that position. And the reason why I asked him about Pittsburgh as well, having being other pride in other positions is that at Florida state, what do you guys think is a very a prideful position that we have? What's the position that we hold to a whole damn defense, the whole defense. Okay. The you, whole think defense. you think it's different than offense? I think so. Yeah. You got the best cornerback of all time. And at DBU, you, ha- you have the best college linebacker of all time. And shade tree, and no one gonna sit there and argue with me about that. I'll argue for for four days about that. And then what they did, what they've done on D line, I think that entire defense is considered, you know, traditionally elite and producing great talent. So for me, I, I don't think you can really choose one position over the other on on defense. Okay, thank I you. I think Mickey they've Andrews. been traditionally better uh, on defense. You know, they've and they've had a lot of just monsters on offense. But, you know, when, when you put together a top 10 of Florida State players of all time, you know, I, I would say that, you know, 60% of that is defense. 70. Mm. 70. I'm going to go 70. I can easily name seven, seven defensive players that I will put in, in my top 10. I can only name three offensive guys I will put in my top 10 of the of Florida State all time. Oh, maybe we make a segment about it next week. Only three, we'll we'll do that next week. Yeah, let's do that next week. And I'm next serious. Because I got I got four offensive guys right now. Yeah, me no. too. Right, we'll keep it to ourselves then. We'll make a segment. We'll make the people have to wait for it. You know? Make them have to wait oh, for I, it. I, I, and, I, and I'm not I'm not I'm not based in mine off of just strictly stat book. No. I think that, that, my, that, that top ten of is this heavily is gonna be heavily debated. Because oh. there, there's like 15, 18 guys that could possibly be in that top 10 Ooh, in Florida, Florida State history. No. Yes. There's no. there's going to be a lot of runner-ups. Yeah. We'll see, yeah, who, we'll see who they are. I, mm, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be entertaining next week. I'm not going to get into it now, but you're going to put a Fred Belenikoff in your top 10? No. I'm, no, not, either. I'm not either. You know why. But you know why. Yeah. yeah. Okay. At least you oh, got to watch. Okay, so, 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 so we see where the list is going to be, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, we see what this is going to be because honestly, if we're going to do a top ten of all time, of course, Fred. I mean, he's a founding father of of, of, of the position. Like, yeah. uh, it's like in Franklin, man. Mount Rushmore. Like, come on, know what I'm saying? But yeah. if we're going to be realistic, people are going to talk about relevancy. We're going to talk yeah. about 
in our lifetime, what we've seen, what we physically can see right now. I mean, yes, we're going to talk about relevancy. So, yeah, we just got a good feel where we're going to come from. This also Perfect. might be something we can ask our next next guest. Sure. That'd be cool. Mm. I know. Ooh. They don't even know. They don't even they I don't was gonna know tease yet. it. I know they you kind of forgot yet. about it, but, but it's it's His coming. face when he realized it. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> Lowe's is like, ooh, okay. Ooh, no, next God. week. We're gonna we're gonna tease it here then. We gotta get going though. This is over this is gonna be a two hour podcast. Uh jumping into now the transition. This is now in the document interview transition to Vince Williams. That's what we're gonna do right now. Formal man, Vince Williams Steelers. Freaking give me a legend. Give me a legend. Awesome, awesome guy. Came in here, talked with us about Thomas FSU and Steelers NFL. Everything. Let me just get you to it. You've waited long enough. Here's Vince Williams. They got to him. And it's intercepted. It's Williams who finally was able to pull it in. The pressure was on Brady. He had to unload it, and he's picked off for the first time in 12 years against Pittsburgh. This place is going nuts. Brady's trying to stand in. The pass rush gets to him. They rushed four guys this year, not three like the last few games against him. The pocket collapses. Todd lets it go. All right, everyone. I gotta try stop being a fangirl. I gotta get into professional mode here. Uh, as everybody knows, I'm a huge Steelers fan. I've been wanting to talk to Vince for a very long time. Los hooked it up. It's happening. We got former Seminole linebacker and current starting linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers with us this evening. Vince Williams. Good evening, my man. How are you doing? We're happy to have you. I'm doing good, man. Happy to be on. Thanks for inviting me. It took a little while. Los finally made the hookup come to fruition. I mean, you did have a big season, but now he's hooked us up and definitely ready to talk some uh, Florida State football. We might jump back into some Jimbo Fisher even earlier than that, talk your Florida State days, and definitely talk some Steelers, some Super Bowl, and jump from here and there. Yeah, man, I'm ready. Go ahead, shoot. Well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's jump off. Let, let's see. You know, talk to me a little bit. What, what you're up to now, I know the season ended. It's not exactly what you wanted it to be. Y'all started off phenomenally. Um, I was yelling all throughout the season, hype mode, everything. I was intoxicated for most of it, but <laughs> had a great season. It was phenomenal, entertaining. But what, what are you up to now, and uh, how was your feeling about the season ending like it did? Um, obviously, when you don't win the Super Bowl and you're a stiller and the season's a failure. So that's that. But uh, now I'm just doing a lot of cardio, staying in a uh, dad shape, hanging out with the kiddos. You know, it's pretty cold up here right now. So I think we're going to be coming down to Florida soon. But, you know, just vacationing, trying to stay uh, COVID safe and uh, just hanging out off season time now. Yeah, I was going to ask first to how that season went with the COVID-19 protocols, how stressful that was. I mean, how were you? Were you able to see a lot of your family members or no? Was that really restricted for you? Yeah, I had some traveling going on. Uh, I think that the Steelers did an amazing job handling it. You know what I mean? That's like one of the major benefits of playing for a top flight organization is that, you know, they're going to handle things like that amazingly. Even when I got it, you know what I mean? They were already on top of it. They helped me get through it. We were in constant contact. 
you know, they really helped us get through it smooth. Like I seen a lot of other organizations, they were really struggling with it, having major outbreaks. Even when we kind of had like a little outbreak a little bit, we really kept it under wraps. So it kind of went, it went smooth for us, for real. Gotcha. All right, so I, I, I got a question, Vince. So this goes back to Florida State days. So you came to FSU kind of when, when things were getting restarted back, getting back to relevancy. And when you left, you know, you, that 2012 team was one of the most talented teams that Florida State's had. You know, in, in your time there, who was the best player that you played with uh, at Florida State? I got to give you three guys, right? Mm-hmm. So – as far as talent-wise, Carlos, my little brother's the most talented player I've ever played with in college football, period. As far as, like, just excitement, a playmaker, just pure playmaker, is Greg Reed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That guy was just dominant. Like, it's anything. I remember it was a Maryland game to get into a bowl game. He goes back there. He's supposed to fair catch the punt mm-hmm. to put us in better field goal. Cause, I mean, to put us in better position. He, he doesn't fair catch it. He takes it, like, 50 yards and almost wins the game for us right there. Tremendous playmaker, just a tremendous guy. And then um, Corey Cerency. No, he never got to play. Nobody ever seen this guy play. But I swear he was like new age Randy Moss. <laughs> that no, he's Randy Moss that nobody knew who he is, right? Yeah, yeah. He had those couple early games where he looked really, really good. And then he kind of just disappeared. Just disappeared. But, man, I'm talking about just, man, 4-3-40, 40-inch vert. Hands like glue, ball tracking, just just nice. And yeah, going back to Carlos for a minute, you got to play with him at Florida State for two years. What was your favorite moment about playing with your brother in Tallahassee? Oh man, we had a Georgia Tech game. I think mm-hmm. it was ACC championship, man. We was on the field that game. I had like twelve tackles. Los had like eight, and then he had like a game ceiling pick. Oh, Should have scored, didn't. And I was just like, man, when you were out there balling with your brother the whole week, we were like, yo, put put Los in, like put him in. That's crazy. Now he can do this. He's going to be great at this. He's a mobile quarterback. They'll never get outside. And then he Nick Moody crazy. got hurt, and we got to start together and play the whole game together. Man, that was a significant moment. I still think about that to this day. I'm going to tell my kids about that. Like, that mm-hmm. was so cool to do. Oh, it's phenomenal. How, how was it to you, though, Los, on your end, man? I wasn't supposed to be starting. So, <laughs> so we're, we're out on kickoff, and that year our kickoff team was one of the most phenomenal kickoff teams in the country. Like opposite teams would stand up and watch our kickoff team because somebody was going to be laid out. And uh, Nick Moody was one of the guys that was knocking people out. He actually got caught, and he got snuck, and he rolled to the sideline, had a concussion, and uh, Coach Hudson had looked, and, and Coach Stoops were, well, they Coach Hud looked at me and Terrence Smith, and he looked at both of us. He said, "Carlos, get in." And I had played some behind Christian and some behind Terrence during that week, and I played a lot behind Nick. But, I mean, just playing next to Vince, I mean, I got goosebumps talking about it now. It's an energy that a lot of people can never can never understand. Even when I went to Pittsburgh, that very first practice, we were in full pads because Coach Tom was like, hey, I want to see what, you know, we got fresh legs. I want to see what he feel like. And Vince was like, hey, Lowe's going to run the ball hard. And Lawrence Timmons all knocked, knocked my earpiece out. Like, it was – I mean, it was a tempo. It was different. Like, it's just a different energy when you're around a sibling. It's just – I mean, it, it raises your competitiveness to another level. You don't want to – you don't want to fail around that. You know what I'm saying? You just want to compete at that high level like you know he's going to. Absolutely. And going back to a little bit of your time at FSU also, Vince, 
know, it's talked about. It's a large discussion with guys that were around this range with the team at this time. But in 2012, you know, should, a lot of people think this team had all it all it took to win a national championship. Loaded, loaded team. Uh, absolutely loaded. Nah. That's when Jimbo was in on it. Was that was it 2012 or was it even earlier than that? Nah, guys, we went Telvin, Telvin, and Lamarcus Joyner. And Jameis were better leaders than me, EJ, and the, and the seniors we had. They were a better class than us. They really were. We were too wild. We got in trouble more. Mm -hmm. uh, our unity council wasn't as strong as those guys. We were we were out more. We went out more. Like now, as an adult, and I'm looking back, they did. They we were probably more talented to be honest with you, because I just feel like we had more continuity because we had kind of been through more as a team. So we had a lot, we had a lot of continuity. They had a lot of continuity too, but they were just much more disciplined, much more focused than us. Just they had got to the promised land. They didn't get to always step in. But when they see seen us fail and how talented we were, they were like, the standard is outrageous. Like we can't, we gotta outperform those guys that were just here with us. Right. And they just took off. I think the leadership, the maturity of those guys, they were just in a groove and they can't continued our wave and just finish it on out and win a national championship. But it really, I look at the 2013 season as just a continuation of the 2012 mm -hmm. season because all yeah. of those guys really played with each other. Like, yeah. It's like, yeah, when you when I hear you talk about it, what I, I feel like, and I've seen it because I've seen a transition when I was there with Jimbo and a couple years after I was gone, Jimbo left. So it, I was kind of uh, on, on, on a little bit talking to Freddie too. He was a part of that on the outdoor watching the coach getting ready to leave a program, not knowing if he's going to stick around. So like that kind of wave change, I can see it. We were more accountable. We were more together. We were made to be more together. Jimbo had just groomed that class of his true recruiting class as yeah. to be proper seniors and leaders. So by that time, there was no BS. There was no playing around. You had to do this. You had to be accountable or you was not going to play. And by that time, Jimbo had groomed coaches to be head coaches and great defensive coordinators, other coordinators. So now you got coaches want to come in. Well, I want to coach this guy because he's going to, and I got the players in caliber the guys go win a championship. So now I want to, I mean, it's just, it just groomed together. It takes time. I mean, he really uh, did a great job. I mean, a lot of people always say that the Jimbo's guys are just Jimbo hype boys, right? They're just like, oh, you guys are just, no. you know, you Jimbo hype guys. I'm like, no, guys, we got to experience what it was like to see somebody build a culture. Which is why I'm excited about FSU now today because I think they're getting back to building a solid fundamental culture. And I think they got a better system of winning now. I think they're really starting to figure it out and moving forward. I think they're going to get it. But you got to no, hit that foundation. I, and I, I think you got to see that whole foundation. I have a question for you. You got, you got, you got, you, I didn't get a taste of Bobby. You know, I got, I got to live through you and got to see Bobby. You got to carry Bobby off the field. I got more of a relationship with you and Jimbo. And then I got a lot, a lot of Jimbo. Um, I didn't get Taggart. We got to see Taggart outside being professionals. Mm -hmm. But like, what do you think was the was the issue with Taggart? Why do you why do you think he was successful at Florida State with the talent he had? With Jimbo left, he should have been successful. Why do you think he Why do you think he wasn't successful? I mean, I don't know. I can't really say it personally, but just watching it from a professional standpoint, mm -hmm. I just think that I think that Jimbo. It was a dis. They had a disconnect between Jimbo, the transition of Jimbo, and the Willie. And they never got that foundation of base level started, right? Okay. Like we were already going on, like we were going on a down slope as Jimbo was leaving. We were, we were down sloping. Um, and it was just like a lack of talent. Like the people just started looking different between then. The team okay. didn't look the same. We didn't recruit the same type of guys. Like it was just losing a little bit of the Florida State feel 
in those last couple years. Okay. Like what you look at, because football is just a brand. It's just entertainment. And when you cut out the TV, you expect to see a Florida State type brand, which you're accustomed to looking at. And I think over the years, it just hasn't looked like that. You know, and you got to get guys that can fit that. It takes a lot of recruiting. You can't just recruit the most talented guys. You actually have to find Seminoles. So do you, you, know, you got Do you believe that? Like I always tell people from my, my point of view, I was a, a highly sought after recruit. And so were you. Do you think that Jimbo recruited guys he wanted and not just the high, the high ranked guy because he was a five star recruit? He recruited. Uh, I, guys think it was, he I think it was a combination. You know what I mean? Okay. I think that I think he picked guys he wanted that were also Florida State guys. I think for, it was a like they're lost in translation. They didn't know what it meant to be Florida State. I'll never forget when Derek Brooks came in the locker room and told us that we all suck. Like I'll never forget that <laughs> what it did to me. Now you got to find a different way to motivate guys. They're not really interested in things like that. You got to find another way to get the tradition. Like you gotta you gotta make those guys aspire to be like the Jameses. You gotta make those guys aspire to be like the the All American players that had came before them. I think we kind of lost a little. We had a little disconnect between the heritage of the programs. Okay. It's like, no, this is how we got to this high level. That is the standard. The 2012 teams and 2013 teams, they're not special. They're special because they were good, but that the standard at Florida State is just being good. It's working hard. It's hitting hard. It's being a fast, aggressive defense. Like That's what it is, and that's what it has to look like when you cut the TV on, like you know what you're getting. I think we got away from that. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think uh, to kind of follow up on that 2012, I think a lot of people, when you look at it from a fan point of view, think that that team was so talented that, you know, they just should have won the title. Um, but I, I do agree with that. It, it was the setup for 2013. But, you know, like you just said, talk about Florida State, the brand and what you expect. Do you have any uh, any stories you can share about Mickey? You know, I, I think he's, you know, far and away a, a fan favorite. And, you know, they like to hear little little stories about, you know, what it was like playing for him, who, you know, I still to this day I think is the best defensive coordinator in history of college football. So Mickey Andrews, it's, you know, you have different type of coaches. You have X and O's guys who think they're gurus and they're going to put you in amazing positions to make plays. Uh, you have other guys that uh, are just really good at talent finding and they can just find people to, to play the defense that they specifically know how to play. But Mickey was all about motivation. Like he, he was going to make you play to a level that was above what you were used to playing at. Like what he was going to ask you to give of yourself, you didn't even think you had it in you because he was going to push you that hard. And he would say things to you that would play with your mind. Like he was like, yo, Vince, you're a Florida State linebacker. You know who else stood right there and played that same position? Like, yo, if they can do it, you can do it. That's why you're here. If you weren't here, I don't go and get everybody. Like, you know what I mean? I'm Mickey Andrews. I can have any linebacker I want. Like, you know, I, I can. You've seen that wall. You see those linebackers that played for me. Like, you're next. Go do that. When I asked you to do, you told me that that's when I recruited you. You told me that that's what you wanted, somebody to push you and to push you until you could be the very best you could be, and you want to be on an amazing defense. So, you know, that's how Mickey motivated guys, man. He would just say things to you that just, just you couldn't believe. Like, you would make a play, and he'll be like, Vince, man, you got to make that play. It's like, Coach, I couldn't. Man. He's like, well, you got to run faster than you can run. I was like, what do you mean, Coach? He was like, what you run to 40? I'm like, you know, 4-7, 4-6. He's like, well, you got to run 4-5 if you want to make that play. And be <laughs> dead serious. Like, not joking. Like, just the standard was ridiculously high. He used to challenge people all the time. He told me I came out of high school too early. I had graduated early. I came in. He's like, oh, you missed that good, that good prom loving for this. This is what you came up here for. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, your mama lied to me. 
She told me that she had a stud for me. She lied. She lied in my face, bitch. <laughs> he said, where you from, Davenport? I never recruited another fat linebacker from Davenport ever again. They might as well blow it up. <laughs> I never get another linebacker from Davenport ever again in my life. Oh, my God. Man, just talk crazy to you. Then he had the sweetest wife ever. You see him at dinner, he'll love you up. Now, why you had to make me yell at you like that, Vince? Why, why you had to make me get on you like that? Now you know I love you and I care about you. Come on, man. Don't do don't don't make me have to be ugly to you. <laughs> Give you a hug and see you about your day. Just a hard-nosed guy. Played under Bear Bryant, just really believed it. Yeah. It's a it's a different age of football. You know, I I, I think it's just a different mentality now from what you see, you know, recruited now. And I, I don't think that, you know, that mentality necessarily would work today. Uh, that's a different discussion in and of itself, you know, but, you know, uh, he's a great coach. You have to find a way to communicate it differently. Mm-hmm. Toughness is always going to be an asset, especially in a game of football. Being a hard worker and trying hard is always going to be an asset, not only to the team, also to the player. These millennial, I mean, these younger generation, they just look at life differently. They see football as a game. It's like Madden to them. But you still need those tools to be able to achieve whatever you want to achieve in the game. It's the coach's responsibility to be able to communicate that. Like it's your job to be able to talk to, you know, 18, 19, 20. That's what you have to do. You have to communicate to them. Hard work is still being done. People are still hitting very hard. Football is always going to be football. It's the coach's responsibility to find a way to communicate that to them. Mickey did a great job with that. You know, we didn't want to hear that either. You think we're any different? I tell kids that all the time. Well, the coach tried me. You don't think I got tried by you think Mickey Andrews ain't tried me? Like he tried every day, he challenged me, but it was for the benefit of Vince. He was like, Well, Vince, if you want to suck, go down there and play scout, scout team, and I'll get another guy to play middle linebacker if you can't do it or you don't want to do it. But I'm telling you, if you do it this way, you're going to be successful and we're going to be successful. But if you don't want to do that, then just go back to Pope County. Like, because you told me that's what you wanted to do. If you don't want to do it, go somewhere else and do it. And I'm like, man, you got to deal with that as a player. That's how Mickey used to go about it. Jimbo, kind of same way in a different ah, way. Jimbo was different. Different Jimbo, way. Jimbo was offensive, though. Jimbo didn't yeah. have a real grip on defense. Offensively, Jimbo would tell you, you know what? You're just not good enough to make that play for me. So I'll just get somebody else to make that play for me. Yeah, you're going to tell me. But he was like, you. I know what? I know, I know you can make it. I know you can, but just not. Just not, you're just not there yet. And you, but I know I, and it pushes you to the limit. I mean, how many, how many, how many reps of goal line have we done, Vince? When Chad, when Chad ran me over, sophomore year. That was, that was, that was grimy. Goal line. The funniest thing ever. Put me on goal line. And Vince is like, hey, Vince, hey, Los, step inside the A gap. When the ball snapped, step in the A gap. Stoops yelling at me. I say, you know what? I'm going to cheat the play. I'm going to shoot the B gap. I'm going to make the play. Ball snap, shoot the B gap. Chad hits me square in the chest. That's after 33, 34 reps of straight goal line. I'm talking about, but the men- mentality, you're, you just can't make that play. Nah, nah, you just can't make the play. You just can't read it right. You just can't step in it. But you start you start to build on top of that, and it builds a monster. It, bi- it, it built machines. Yeah. I bet I stepped in the A gap. I bet Chad, I bet I knocked the paint off his helmet. Next goal line. But I mean, <laughs> That's what Jimbo was with that way. Jimbo built machines that way. I bet I continue to make that play. The play that I almost couldn't make, I'm going to make it this time. 
and next time and next time and next time. It just was repetitive for us. After, players, after Andrew stepped down, how was Stoops different? Okay, so Stoops was like um, a little bit more X and O's. Calm, real calm, but very, very intense. So Stoops, is, Stoops was all confidence, too. It really built on the Mickey stuff. So Stoops was more just about making plays, knowing what you're supposed to do, and trusting in the defense and trusting in your in teammate. And, and trusting the system and being hyper-aggressive in your understanding. Yeah. So Stoops, like, you know what you're doing. Now play fast. And run fast, you can run. Just build. He just built on everything Mickey said. I'm gonna put you in a position to make the play. Just make go it. Go do it. Go go do it. Extremely violent and extremely. Fuck all special. The ball's gonna hit you in the back of the head, Carlos. Yes. yes. Turn around. Turn around. Catch the ball. Yeah. I was gonna ask you, um, Los. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the show, but this Timmy Jernigan story of uh, how hard it was to handle Timmy Jernigan. I remember what well, you said, Odell Higgins, you had to send Vince to go. When he, when he hold down. Oh, love lady. Man. Come on. <laughs> Man. Come on. Am I lying? I need, I need Yo, the story. Ran, I need it to be ran back. I need it to be ran Running back. back Jernigan is also another slept on person, guys. He's very, he's very slept on. Very. <laughs> Timmy was dominant in college. Big sleepy. Yes. yes. Very dominant, man. Love lady and him got at it in practice, and he just ripped his helmet completely off his head, like one hand, just like boom, chin strap, everything. He just popped it off. And he what starts screaming, and going crazy, and Odell looks at me. He's like, "Son, you're the captain. Go out there and tell him." I'm like, "Tell him, you're the coach. You, you the coach. I'm, not him. I'm not talking to him. You go out there and calm him down." <laughs> Facts, man, that was a funny. That was that was great. I'm telling you, that was another one of those days. We did the board drills, Los. We did like, bro, we did like 13 reps of board drills, bro. (laughs) So many boards. Yo, hey, you remember me and Willie? Oh, that was crazy. Hey, me and me and Willie had a a silent vendetta because we were the biggest DBs and the biggest receiver in the room. Silent beef, like, and so they would always put us together, and every time we would go. They would call it the fat bowl. Okay, we'll find out. So I had just got my ears pierced, and Vince was juicing me up. They juiced him up, and we ran full 20 yards, 15 yards away. You can see our earrings pop out our helmets. And you can see how paint pop off our helmets. I mean, monsters, man. It just pure aggression. Mm-hmm. Nastiness. I was going to ask you too, Vince, other than yourself, an all-team, all-star team at linebacker, who would you put there? There's a ton of former FSU legends at linebacker. Who would you put you – can, you can select three, three linebackers. Who would for you Florida select State? there? Yep, for Florida State. Oh, this is easy. Shade, Tree, Ernie Sanders, Derrick Brooks. Okay. What, are we talking, what are we talking about? How, how, about, how, about, how about around – let's see. I'm trying to think. 2010, uh, maybe even earlier than that. What am I thinking? 2000 to 2020. How much does that change? So it's like, ah, man. See, it's uh, a, mm. it's a tough one. I would put Telvin in, mm-hmm. Telvin, Ernie Sims, Lawrence Timmons. Nah, Lawrence was too. Lawrence only had one really good year. What about Bradham? Is Bradham? Bradham is up there. Bradham is up there, but it's like Bradham and Buster. Like, who you like over Bradham or Buster? For? Buster was fun, man. Buster, Buster was, was nice. nice. Like mm-hmm. Bradham or Buster? Man. You know what I mean? Can I ask you a question? We have this conversation, Vince, and me and you train with a lot of guys. Who is the most underrated player 
in your time period of being a fan and like that you trained with, played with at Florida State that that went under the radar just simply because they were just at Florida State at the wrong time? Man, it's like two for me. So like, man, Rashad, I don't know how he didn't go in the league crazy. Like Rashad was ridiculous. Like okay. just from what we've seen in practice, his consistency, how mm-hmm. young he was, he can't, I've never seen a player come in and immediately start balling day one. And Jimbo used to challenge everybody else, but it's like he didn't even have to challenge Rashad. Like he was just like that. He was just built like that. He was like an adult. He was one of those 18-year-old, 30-year-olds. <laughs> like just, just a grown-up, just a grown person. Very young, but very came in about business. I think he slept on. Um, man, let me think. That's a good question, Los. Well, I used to be like, I love Richard Goodman's game. Okay. At least that days we couldn't even guard Everett Brown, but I mean those aren't like I don't think Everett Brown would be underrated. You know what I mean? I can't How you say about that. Mike Harris. Mike's crazy, mm-hmm. amazing. Now, that's Mike one of Harris my favorites. Amazing. Now Mike, one of my favorites because I got a chance to play with Mike, and that's when I got a chance to really understand nickel defense because we yeah. played four four in high school, one high. I played cover three, watched my highlight type, and the biggest person on the field. So when I got to learn defense is really when Stoops got to really digging in my freshman year of playing college football. And I got to learn what really the nickel was. And Mike was awesome. And then I got to watch Tyler play it. And Tyler was awesome. And then before that, you had Nick Waysom. I mean, I've always been around him. But Mike never got the, I mean, notoriety I think he deserved. I just wanted to see, was, was he one of those guys that you felt that was really What made Mike so special was that you could play your entire game in sub package because he was yeah. so physical at the nickel and he mm-hmm. had such amazing man-to-man skills. So it would be times where people would try to build formation to get Mike to the – to like they would try to build the formation to get the nickel to the split receiver side, send him in motion, and then get Mike into the B-gap, mm-hmm. thinking that they were going to run the ball at him. And he would go in there, cut everybody down, and make the play. So it's, he's like a baby linebacker too, like yeah. aggressive. Right, he's just amazing. He had aggressive. a couple of good years in Jacksonville, didn't he? Yeah, man, injuries, man, it's just yep. hard. Mm-hmm. But Mike was a great guy to play with. Let me think, somebody else that was just that was really good, but nobody really knew. Lonnie, man, you guys have no idea. Mm-hmm. Man, Lonnie is one of the saddest stories. It's not even man. Lonnie was that boy at yeah. Florida. If Lonnie Pryor goes mm-hmm. to Wisconsin. He wins a Heisman. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, y'all not really understanding. Like, Lonnie was that boy. Like, man, you're not going to win. Lonnie was nice. Like, mm-hmm. what he did for the team, that's my captain forever. We saw in the Orange Bowl against Northern Illinois when he went for two touchdowns and 140 or whatever it was. Man, like, Lonnie was crazy with it. And Lonnie him. was difficult to take on one-on-one if he was blocking you. Yeah, like, oh, he, he was just like, good. He was and he was, like, if you look at his stature, Lonnie wasn't huge. He wasn't a typical size fullback. Like he wasn't big, like like Chad. He was smaller mm-hmm. than Chad, but he's bigger he, now than he than he's playing. His mentality <laughs> was: I gotta <laughs> play bigger than I am, and I'm gonna play that way. And he always played that way. Lonnie had hands too. Yeah, he can catch. He Great caught a lot hands of hands out the back, like really natural hands. I'm telling you, Lonnie Pryor was slept on. Yeah, like just nice. You know, one of the most athletic plays in Florida State history was that touchdown at Clemson when he was a freshman. Yeah. Along the sideline, they jumped from like the seven yard line into the end zone. Yeah, he jumped over the dude. Yep. Yeah, that was great. But Lonnie was, man, Lonnie was a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, what, what's one of your, you was there, you got what, five years at Florida State. You got a lot of, a lot of bowl games, a lot of good bowl games, a lot of big Florida, Florida State games, a lot of Florida, Florida, Miami games, Florida State, Miami games. No, you got to play against Notre Dame. Like, 
Wisconsin a couple times. Yeah. What What's the most exciting opponent? Like, what game were you the most juiced to play in? Virginia Tech and ACC. What game were you the most pumped to play in? Oh, man. I think it had to be the Oklahoma game. Round two of Oklahoma at the crib. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After they had embarrassed us. Yeah, that was the most physical football game I've ever played. I recently had a Ravens game that was more hard hitting. Mm-hmm. But before then, that was the most that Oklahoma game was the most physical football game. Me and Landry Jones both got drafted here to the Steelers. And we used to talk about that game all the time. We said, like, yo, like four people went to sleep. They carted <laughs> both, both Kenny's got carted. Mm-hmm. Kenny yeah. Steelers and yeah. Kenny Shaw got carted. <laughs> yeah. We slept. They were on our third string running back. Man. EJ got knocked out. Man, that Blood was bath. man, that yeah. was the yeah. most. Cause we were so mad that we fumbled it guys. Like, so Stoops already knew Stoops is like, guys, you're a really good defense, but you're going to go out here to Norman. They're going to run 13 plays in 13 seconds. And you're going to die. Cause you're going to be gassed. Cause we're trying to run and we're trying to put it at tempo. And you guys are chilling, complaining and you have no idea what you're about to go into. I'm telling you, I've seen people go out there and get melted. We were being all arrogant. You know, we had just kept, Coastal Carolina from even getting past the 50 yard line. We set like a crazy record that ain't never been done before. Like, we were just way too egotistical. Man, we go out there and Big Stoops hang 67 of us on us, something crazy. <laughs> something <laughs> nasty. Yeah. Like, just something nasty. It was so nasty, we didn't even watch the film. Stoops came into the meeting and was like, hey, we're not watching that shit next week. Turn around. <laughs> I think we had Clemson. Put Clemson on. We didn't even talk about it. Like, it was just like, it's over with, but we're not even looking at that. <laughs> so when they came back and they had came to Florida State, we were like, oh, we're going to kill these guys because they embarrassed us. And we got to get these licks back. <laughs> that was a crazy game. I love uh, it. Yeah, it was a great game. Loud, too. I just was, I watched it. We posted an Instagram video just a few hours ago, and I was going through some of the loudest experiences in Doe Campbell Stadium. That still was most certainly the loudest Doe Campbell Stadium has ever been. I think it's close, though, still. Uh, whenever it was 2014 Los, uh, when Notre Dame came into town, though, I think it was close with that one. At least whenever you scored the overtime uh, touchdown, that place was unbelievably yeah, I was gonna, rocking. I was gonna say, the the was two big. that came to mind were Notre Dame and then the Clemson overtime scored the Los mm-hmm. That was big. Those, yeah, both, that was those both were super loud. Those That's both were loud. You know what's too. crazy, though? I think the most, the loudest on-field experience was our Orange Bowl 2012 because if um, from my experience, I didn't. I played a lot that game, but a lot in sub package. But I got to experience my older brother in a different light, going to win an ACC championship, and that experience in that game together. Then our family going down to Miami. But my brother's experience playing the BCS bowl game, and then Jordan Lynch talking that week, and just watching mm. how the media kind of is juiced up and watching us not having Stoops there with us, or having Hudson getting ready, and DJ Elliott having the coach, and knowing that our pieces are going to be missing, and thinking that they're going to gas us. This boy was cranked. All we can practice all in the locker room, Vince was ready to go. So he just I think it was the not even the stadium, it was the fan. It was us on the on, on the field, the sideline, Reggie. I mean, we got memes, we got gifs now of Reggie doing the robot, Lamarcus dancing, Terrence Brooks' interception at the end of the game. I mean, you got the gifs of Lonnie scoring touchdowns. That whole atmosphere itself on the field was the loudest I've ever experienced in college football, let alone scoring a touchdown. I mean, that was amazing. But the camaraderie right then, that's always been one for me. What was the post game? Brave, man. Hey, that guy's a soldier. He's a trooper. 
I'm not gonna lie. Hey, wherever you are, Jordan Lynch got Brady, you are a trooper for that. You're a leader, bro. You're a leader for that one. We're like, what did he say? We're gonna kill this guy. What is he like? Short tempted? <laughs> did Jimbo That's ever crazy. bring that up in front of y'all? Did he ever nah he didn't bring it up? Coach Stoops did though. Coach Stoops popped in for like two days and was like, Finny, did you hear what this? Did you hear what this guy said? <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I heard what he said, coach. <laughs> We're gonna go out there. We're gonna kill these guys. I'm like, yeah, coach, you gonna go out there? We're gonna kill them. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love Stoops, man. Stoops, my guy. Yeah. You talked a little bit about it earlier, but how much you keep up with Florida State now, and what do you think about what uh, Mike Norvell is trying to build in Tallahassee? Um. Well, with Coach Mike, he's really cool with Coach Randy Fitton, who's like our just our recent offensive coordinator. So. He, I was starting to watch him because he was really hyped when the hiring going, but I just stopped watching it for a minute. I kind of got out of it. I was like, I'm going to take a little break. I'll come back to it later. <laughs> and uh, if I, if the game's on and I catch a little game, then I'll catch a little game. But I used to watch every Florida State game. I'm not like that anymore. Does that have to do with the effect of, you know, what, what the state of the program has been? Yeah, man. Years? You know, it's just, I want, I, I just want some more consistency. You know, I'm always going to be a fan. You know, I rock Florida State gear heavy. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm proud of where I went to school, definitely. But, you know, I just want some more consistency out of it. You know, I'm not I'm not one of the guys that get on Twitter and, you know, and do a lot of judging. I'm not one of those either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll just I just, you know, when they come back around and I see I see something that's that I could cheer for, that I can get behind. I believe in I'll be back, you know. Mm-hmm. Before yeah. we transition into NFL stuff, got to ask, we are partnered with Chick-fil-A. Now, what is your favorite Chick-fil-A meal? Uh, spicy chicken sandwich, extra pickles, uh, chick sauce, and Polynesian sauce mixed. Extra pickles. See, now that below C, you know, that's why I'm a stealer. I mean, about the, exact <laughs> meal, about the exact meal that I get. I mean, that's just how it is. Black and gold is how we work. Same what, you get, what is it again? I get I get the spicy deluxe, but I do do the Polynesian and Chick Fil A sauce situation. And I like and I work. I don't like the pickles. The people that don't like the pickles, uh, y'all have no taste. The <laughs> pickles are amazing. Yeah, people that don't like ketchup need to go get therapy immediately, uh, and they need to have a terrible night too. If you don't like ketchup, and you need to go to a psych ward. But that's another discussion for people. Um, um, stick sticking with food. Uh, Vince, when you played at Florida State, did you have a favorite restaurant in Tallahassee or a favorite food? Oh, man. Not really. I really love Publix just for the, you know, Publix. We don't like once you move out of Florida, you don't realize how serious Publix is Mm. until you have to go (laughs) to a different grocery store. And you're like, man, this is not Publix. It's it's like I miss the grocery store Publix. Um, We used to have the honey fried chicken at Florida State. They used to be really good. They used to be a hit. But uh, nah, not really anything consistently that I used to eat a lot. No clubs? Any clubs? Any no nah, after-game situations? A little after-game <laughs> situation. I'm a lame. I'm a nerd. I play the game. Hey, what was the <laughs> difference, Los? I got Vince over here that, you know, stayed in the house after a big game. I got, I got two solid years with Vince. I mean, there'll be plenty of times I would stop by Vince's crib. Can I borrow a couple bucks? Where you going? Well, I'm going out. Well, okay, cool. Make sure you just call me before you get home. Cool. I mean, my brother really was the difference of football, and I think that was the difference between us and football. Like I would, I I took the time going out to take myself away from football. He took that time of that alone time to be a student. I was more yeah. of an athletic 
like I take use my athletic ability to get as far as I can with it. And it kind of separated us in the aspect. My brother was more disciplined being a student of the game. Um, and I think that's what led to his longevity. He's in the league now. I mean, it's just, I think it's prevalent, but I mean, I enjoyed it. I got the chance to bond with him for two years, take a couple bucks out of his pocket, use his gas. And his <laughs> I, got I mean, it was cool. I got, I mean, who gets to go like, I mean, the pound, I mean, bit, okay, but you got to play with the pounces. Oh, and one yeah. of the pounces. How describe to these guys how it was to talk to a guy that got to play in college with his brother, let alone a twin. Like that's a brother. Like mm-hmm. you play side by side and then one leaves and you take his position. Like it's, it's like you never leave. It's, it's pretty awesome. Like, it's like, I never left Florida. Like Vince never left Florida state. I, I kind of felt those shoes. I played on defense going in that following spring and that kind of attitude and responsibility as going into being a junior and a senior, I kind of kept with the Williams on my back. Like, how was that? I, I, have you talked to him about it? Has he explained that to you, how that felt? Yeah, man, we talk about it all the time. It's just a cool thing to have, man. Like, nobody's going to hold you more accountable than a brother. And nobody understands you like somebody that you grew up with. So, I mean, having that understanding is a beautiful thing. It's always going to be cool. Like, I think it's a very fortunate situation. Like, I have, you know, I got the twins now, Los. I would love for the twins to go to the same college mm-hmm. together. And That'd be, be able awesome. to participate in the same stuff. Like, I watch them now on the field together, and I'm like, oh man, that's pretty cool. Like, imagine watching that on the grand stage. Like, that'll be amazing. You know, when you talk about the draft, you know, you end up in Pittsburgh, but what other teams were you talking to, you know, when, when you're going through that whole process? Oh man, guys, this is a crazy story, right? I'm gonna tell the whole thing, Los, so they get the whole, so they get, so they can understand. So I come out of the draft. I come out, I play a season. I think I'm pretty good. I'm checking all these little NFL draft scout. It has a regular, like, 32nd middle linebacker in the nation. Mm-hmm. I'm like, 32nd? That's a lot of linebackers. I look up how many NFL linebackers, how many middle linebackers get drafted in a year. It's like seven. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I'm not about to get drafted. So I go down. I was just stressed kind of the whole time. You know what I mean? It's just that you don't really know. You don't know where you're going to fall at. You just hope you get invited to the combine so you get to showcase your abilities. Or then you got to just rely on your pro day. So it was just a lot of anxiety. Then once I went to the senior bowl and I started making some plays out there, things really started to settle down for me. But it was crazy. I didn't get any attention. My agent was like, Vince, you're not getting any hits. Nobody's really interested until I went to the senior bowl. And I'll never forget the first day that I was out there, we went through a whole practice and we had like six or seven guys at the senior bowl in my class. So we all like break up after practice and they go meet with scouts and everything. And we come back and we meet for dinner. And all of my teammates had met with like four scouts and five scouts. I was the only person I didn't meet with anybody on my first day there. Like not one scout interviewed me, asked me about anything. And then uh, the second day we put on pads and I was like, okay, I know what I have to do. So the next day I went out there and I'm just smoking people. <laughs> like I'm straight stroking folks. And after that day, I had a couple interests. I had like the Lions. They wanted to fly me in for a visit. The Chiefs, the Vikings, St. Louis gave me some interest. And then that was when I really started to be like, okay, I think I think I might be able to get in the way. I see, I see my window here, you know, mm-hmm. but I really wanted to play for the Steelers. Out of all the teams that I was looking, I was like, I went to Kevin. I knew who Kevin Colbert was. I knew what he looked like. Like, I walked over to him and I was like, hello, Kevin Cobble, I'm a stealer. You need to come and pick, you need to come and pick me up. You need to hit my phone because I need to go to Pittsburgh. That's where I need to be at. Mm-hmm. Physicality. That's what the Steelers defense is all about, baby. 
All about well, yeah, you know, we trained freaking Tom Shaw is like, man, Los is Godfather. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he trained all the Steelers for the yeah. Super Bowl runs. So I, me and Carlos man. had been around them Dang. for our whole lives. So they told us about the Steeler way since, like, I was, like, 16. Mm-hmm. So yeah. just being around those guys and hearing about Dick LeBeau and hearing about the culture and hearing about the locker room, I was like, this is my brand of football. This is something yeah. I want to be a part of. I made my mind up like that, but I was, like, 19 years old. I'm going to shake it up a little bit here between the two brothers. I, ha- I have to do it here, Los, and you probably know what I'm about to do because uh, I brought it up with you off the air. But uh, it's fourth and goal. They're on the one-yard line. Touchdown here wins the game. Vinny, you're at middle linebacker. Los is in the backfield, and he gets a handoff up the middle. Which Williams brother is going to win that battle? Me. If it's a sweep, he wins. <laughs> what you mean? Like, if it's a dive, I win. If it's a sweep, Lowe's wins. Like, that's the answer. Like, I get asked that all the time. That's a, that's, like, that's, that's, a fair, that's a fair answer. That's a fair answer. I tell people all the time. That, y'all, people don't understand. Me and my brother talk often. It's like, hey, man, I call him, hey, man, good game this weekend. You sure? I don't want to be a back when you blitz. I'm not going to yeah. stand there. And wait, no. I watch a lot of football. I'm not gonna no blitz package. I'm sorry. I'm gonna cut you. I'm gonna I'm gonna hold you after I cut you and make sure you. I'm not gonna tell you ACL, but I'm gonna cut you during the play. I'm not taking uh, it. And no, and I don't want lose the motion out the backfield. And I gotta guard him. Like <laughs> that's the <laughs> fact. Who wants to do that? I don't want to do that. Like no, if lose the motion out the backfield, I'll be like, oh man, it's oh, over the years. <laughs> over the years, we watched. Uh-oh. Uh oh, lose should break it up. Oh, lose, you cutting out. I was like, what well, happened? Lois, you cutting out the mics up. Oh, no, I don't even know if you I don't know. He's on a rampage. <laughs> <laughs> this, this yeah, man. Of do- yeah that I just had to ask. I'm sure you get asked it a lot, but we had to put it on the podcast here. It'd be entertaining to watch, though. Oh, man. Speaking of Lois going He's out. Laughing. <laughs> who's laughing. the toughest guy you've had to cover? Um, Out of the backfield? Yeah. It's a bunch. Oh, man. Gino, Giovanni Bernard, right? Salute to Gio. I play him. He plays for the Bengals. So I see him all the time. And he knows because he's a little guy. So when I blitz him, he has problems. And when he comes out the backfield, I have problems. So we play this cat and mouse game for for going on nine years now (laughs) of who's going to embarrass who. (laughs) So I I, I, I got a follow-up question to, you know, what I asked about the draft. You know, you were a later-on pick, but, you know, you've turned that into what's going to be a – 10 plus year career in the NFL. Um, you know, so what would you say to any guy who, you know, maybe isn't getting that recognition, you know, in that pre-draft process, you know, if you could, you know, give some wise word or word of advice to someone who maybe in that same position that you described, you know, being rated 32nd at your position, but now, you know, you're going to have a 10 plus year career. Um, so what would you say to a guy, you know, who's coming up and, you know, wondering how things are going to unfold for them. I mean, to be completely honest with you, though, guys, I just have to tell you, that I'm extremely blessed. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I really believe, like, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus Christ. I really believe I was positioned to play for the Steelers for a reason. Because, honestly, Vince Williams probably would not be Vince Williams if I wasn't drafted by such a blitz-heavy defense, uh, such an amazing locker room, because I was a little bit of a hothead when I first came out. But I had an amazing group of vets. 
I had a very, very patient defensive coordinator in Dick LeBeau. Like, I had a lot of things roll right for me. Like, me and Carlos talk about this a lot. And a lot of ways, I was just fortunate to find that that, that situation. So, but the, just to be able to be ready for the opportunity, to just minimize the things around you, focus on the things that you can control, and control those things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, be in the best shape of your life. Always be ready. Take care of your body. Drink, drink a gallon of water a day. You know what I mean? Those are things you can do. Those are things you can focus on. Can have a great attitude every day you go into work. You know what I mean? Think about you're rated number 32 in the nation. You're not rated number 54 in the nation. It's some guy that's rated 54, and he's more stressed than you. So, you know, things like that, trying to be positive. You see here, I'm going to share my uh, screen on here if I can, because the next question goes with it. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully you can see it. If not, then okay, I think y'all can see it. Uh, this is a hit from a uh, game earlier this season, Vince. <laughs> I was watching it last night, uh, but I thought I'd show it on here. Let me put you all up here. All right, there we go. Uh, thought I'd just play this and ask you about this right here. <laughs> oh, my God. That's ridiculous. <laughs> But right, yeah, right, was tripping, man. Hey, Ryan, he woke up, man. man. He tripping oh, out here. That's that's he not Lamar. He thought he was Lamar, didn't he? He, had to no. think he was Lamar. He thought he was Lamar. He got right. I, I don't know what he was thinking. Really, <laughs> he was watching Lamar highlights last night, and he was he got hyped before the game. <laughs> but yeah, how did how did it feel uh, popping? I mean, that ball came out like a pop zip. Uh, I thought I thought Tua was going to grab it there, but he didn't. Uh, but how do those hits feel when you get those? Because you have a history of annihilating cats, um, hurting them. Is that kind of just how that defense is ran in Pittsburgh, just kind of laying the wood and, you know, starting it off like that? Because most of the time, y'all start off with big hits, and that kind of lays the tone for how that defense is going to be ran for the rest of the night. No, we find people like that. We, we, um, we prioritize goons. That's something that we do on purpose. That's what Florida State used to do. Like, you know what I mean? We're going to get certain type of individuals. You can't bring a certain type of individual to our defense. We're not going to respect him. It's not going to work. He's not going to fit. We're going to ostracize him. Like, you got to bring in a certain type of person. Like, when you are a Steelers linebacker, every Steelers linebacker I've ever met since I've been in Pittsburgh, they're just like me. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're triplets. We're twins. We're quadruplets. Like, it's just the same person just reincarnated over and over and over again. Like, that's all it is. So when I look at plays like that, that's what I'm supposed to do. That's what I'm on this field for. Hey, that's my job. If I wasn't doing it, my teammates would be like, what is wrong with you, Vince? You should have killed that guy. That's what you do. Why is he alive? Go ahead. I mean, that's just what I do. I mean, not to be arrogant, but that's my job. I'm here to do my job. You know what I mean? Yep. And I was going to mention, too, you got a young guy, Devin Bush, who we didn't get to see last season because of injury. But you've been surrounded by guys – with extremely great talent, um, Shazier, also Lawrence Timmons, uh, Spillane ended up being a big time, uh, uh, out of nowhere, kind of surprised to most. Uh, but just tell me about, you know, working around with these guys, but you still play a huge presence in running that defense. It's, it's more the position than the people who occupy the position. And I want people to understand that. Similarly to 
our running backs and our wide receivers with Pittsburgh as well. They put a lot, it's a lot of responsibility on our linebackers. Like we we have we have a, a huge job. We have to run our defense. You have to be you have to cover anybody on the field. Why it could be Michael Thomas in the slot, that's your guy. You have to be an effective blitzer. Every time you blitz, they expect you to get a sack. You have to do both of those things well, and you have to play the run, and you have to know everything. You have to call every play. So I think that the people that we just acquire at middle linebacker are just good. That we just get really like we get really, really good linebackers. I think Pittsburgh go out of their way to find really good linebackers. It's a, it's a position that we always are going to keep. Right. It's, you, I'm just you, a next in line. Like I just said, like Robert Spillane. Spillane is just next in line. He's just going to fill in. And he's going to do great. <laughs> you Good linebackers <laughs> and wide receivers. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to say, Los? I said you mentioned two other, two other positions, Vince, two key positions on your roster, receivers and the running back crew. Are, you, are, are they held to the same standard you would say the linebackers are a part of the organization? Yeah, absolutely. Do you think are the, ha, ha, in recent season, have they held up to that same standard? Have, um, they, have, they, have, they, have they carried that stealer weight is what I'm saying of what the still, what the reputation of what you're, you're saying is built on. Have they carried their weight? I think they have. You know what I mean? I think that as a whole, as a, as an offense, they could do better. They could perform better. Okay. Like I think that you can't just isolate any one position. I think mm-hmm. they had success and they do those things and we still hold those positions in high regard. And mm-hmm. that's why they take so much slack if things don't work. Like if, if something doesn't work, they're not going to be like, well, why isn't the tight end ball? And all? You know, it's a, we don't really prioritize it like that. But those guys play those positions is a lot of weight on those positions. True. And uh, I think they did a pretty good job, though. I can't really single out that position. I just think as a whole – Maybe like you know you could judge them and be like oh they probably should have performed better or they should have did better here. But position wise, I think the wide receivers look good. It's a lot of upside. I think we're gonna be pretty good at running back too. To follow to follow that up, um, Claypool, he's a monster. Yeah. He's a free. That just goes back to what I said. Like you know what I mean? Like we're gonna keep, and we're gonna keep great players at that position. Like aggressive, hungry guys at those positions. And uh, he's just the next in line. You know what I mean? Maple Tron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say too. You shared a locker room for a majority of the time. I don't really know how long, but I know watching interviews in your past. Next, Antonio Brown, AB, one of my favorite overall players in the NFL. I know he has a lot of stuff off the field, and the media is all over him twenty four seven out of his house and all that kind of stuff. But I just wanted to get to know, you know, how it was playing with him of someone of that talent. I mean, he was. I mean, he still has the talent to be one of the top receivers in the in the NFL uh, but also along with Le'Veon Bell I mean these two guys these two big time talents that have different kind of personalities that usually isn't like the Steeler way Steeler way usually more quiet and they kind of take care of things on the field but tell me about how it was sharing locker room next AB for a little bit or however long it was and then also playing with Le'Veon Bell well I mean nobody works harder than Antonio Brown I mean, that's just that's that's the statement right there. I don't think people even understand that. Like, I don't think people grasp how hard Antonio Brown works. I remember times just going hanging out at his house and we're in the middle of his front room. and He has a jugs machine. and He has his cousin shooting footballs at him across his gym because he has a gym in his house. So he's standing on a Buso ball and we're watching the game or something. 
and I'm over there drinking a Mountain Dew or something, and he's like catching 500 balls off a jugs machine at 8:30 at night <laughs> with a helmet on, with a with a Panthers Greg Olsen helmet, and he's like, "Oh, Vinny, we got to be great, Vinny." Like he's just the ultimate competitor, always working. He never stops working ever. I've never seen a guy. He inspired me. Like I got to sit next to Debo too. So my corner lockers was James Harrison, me, and Antonio Brown. Wow. And just sitting between those guys, I'm telling you guys, I'm super blessed because just hearing about their regiments and how hard they work and their nutritionists and their training and their treatment, that's all they talked about. Like we wasn't talking about anything else. I don't know what else happens in other locker rooms, but in my corner of the locker room, all we talked about was fitness and working hard <laughs> and vitamins. And, and I was kind of ashamed sometimes because I would go to the cafeteria, but I had to bring my food back to the corner and Debo and AB's in my quarter. So I can't even sneak a cookie. I bring a cookie. They're like, oh, y'all, you want to be great, but you got cookies. You can't be great eating cookies, Vinny. So now I got to tuck the cookie and I'm trying to walk with the, <laughs> I'm trying to walk, trying to hide my cookies. And they're like, yo, we can tell when you walk like that, you got cookies. <laughs> Man, James Harrison is still, I mean, I think he could still play right now, but I mean, do you ever work out with that freak? I mean, he, he yeah, I work out with him all nuts. the time. Well, not all the time, but occasionally. Yeah, he, he's a different kind of strong. It's, it's okay. his discipline, though. It's not really anybody can be great at anything if you work hard enough. But I think that in life, we don't really know what working hard is. Mm-hmm. Like We like to look at everything as a sacrifice. But really, a lot of times, hard work is, is an investment. It's that so you can tap out on the back end from all the work that you put in. But I think a lot of people quit so early because they don't really understand how dig they have to how deep they have to dig before they hit like you know before they hit gold before they strike oil like they don't know how much they have to invest before they start reaping benefits but you know a guy like Debo he really shows you like it works he's like Vince I guarantee if you wake up every day like he's like I'm like, ah Debo I want to get an extra lift fan but you know I got too much going on he's like well Vince nobody has anything going on at four o'clock in the morning period like if you wake up at four in the morning you're definitely getting everything that you want to get done in and now the only response is well, I want to sleep more. <laughs> so clearly you care more about sleeping than you care about being a better linebacker. So you don't want it that bad. You don't want to invest. And I got to learn lessons like that from Debo. And that's way more impressive. Like that lesson was way more impressive than bench pressing with him or doing dumbbell curls with him. Like being able to have that conversation with a guy like that, getting that information was much more beneficial than. And I think his locker room presence and having a guy around to talk to younger guys like that. I think that was much more beneficial in his older age than him rushing the passer. I'm going to ask you about the Super Bowl next, but I got to ask you that question since you said that. Have you had, since you've been in this this one locker room, have you had talked to other teammates, other friends, and other linebackers that their culture is not like that? And they and, and they talk about it? How was that explained? Like Every you, person, I tell you no lie, every mm-hmm. single person that has ever came to the Pittsburgh Steelers has always told me, Never leave, Vince. It's like, I don't care what they pay you. Never leave. Never leave. You're not going to find anywhere. I've never heard anybody come from anywhere else that's like, yo, it's better there than here. No. Maybe the food. I've heard that the food is better other places. But I've never heard anybody say it was better where I came from before I got here. Or I'm happier there than I was here. I've never heard that. And I was going to ask this is something just because I'm a fan, but... 
you know, you see other places and other organizations, it's all modernized. Usually the locker rooms are all nice and snazzy. You look at Pittsburgh and it looks, I mean, I'm not being mean, but it looks like it could be a high school locker room. Not, not so like crazy modernized. Nowadays you got TVs in each locker. You can have a freaking massage while you're sitting back. But what, what's like the, you know, is that just kind of like the Steeler way there? I mean, it's just I mean, yeah, we're here all to play, about football. We're here to play football. Like we're football players. I know what I mean. We do other things, but we're football players. So, you know, that's just how it goes. We don't need all that. I, I need a place to hold my helmet. I need a place to put my pads. <laughs> I mean, we that's had really it. in Buffalo. We just had we, we had guys betting twenty five hundred dollars cash on two K games and stuff like that. I mean, we went eight and eight. I mean, they were competing for AFC championship. We don't got no TVs. We got a lot of Lombardis, though. Yeah. I mean, we talk about this sometimes. We don't really do chat about this sometimes. And I was in a bit of a cultural shock when I went to Pittsburgh. He was like, it wasn't like that over there. I was like, y'all coach just openly find somebody for being late to a meeting and he's get paid that cash today or he's going to be another fine and another fine. We had guys in week 10 with fines. Like, we that no, that didn't happen over there. So the accountability, like, this is your job. Take it seriously. This is what you're going to do. This has got to be or you're not going to be here. I'm taking your helmet. It was just different. It was a culture shock. Very, very different organization. Very class, class, straight class organization. Hey, Los, before you get into the Super Bowl, you know, I wanted to ask, you know, about Mahomes. You know, it's, you know he's like the it guy now. And, and, you know, it's his league you know, so to speak. So, you know, what do you think about, you know, him him as a quarterback and, you know, that offense and what they're doing right now? You know, oh, we, man, we, I can explain it defender, to y'all. You know? Y'all want to know how it works? Y'all want to know? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. So Andy Reid has always been a West Coast genius. He comes mm-hmm. from that, you know, Packer tree. And all those guys are super duper good with the West Coast game. So uh, I knew Mahomes was going to be amazing because they traded Alex Smith away for a pack of Skittles. And I played against Alex Smith three times. And Alex Smith is nice. Okay, like if you're looking for a West Coast guy that can dink and duck you, make good decisions, very comparable to nowadays Ryan Tannehill, if to give you the vibes. Mobile, little mobile, dink and dunk you, understands coverages, pick you apart. When I seen they traded a starting caliber quarterback away for a pack of Skittles, I was like, oh, Mahomes is really good. Mm-hmm. So we're playing him like week three, 2018, I think, maybe 19, one of those years for the first mm-hmm. time. And I'm watching film on him, and in preseason, he scrambles all the way out to his left, and he throws a post going to his right. Like, he turns, he, like, flips his hips and launches, like, a 70-yard post in the air. And I'm watching this pass, and I keep rewinding it because I'm seeing where he threw it and where he caught it, and it looked like a punt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, it's no way. Like, this, is, this would have to be a 70-yard pass, right? Am I crazy? So I text my assistant GM and I'm like, yo, this man just threw a 70 yard pass on the road on the run to the opposite side of the hash. And he was like, oh, yeah, he's like that. So Pat Mahomes plays with Andy Reid, who is a whiz kid. Then they have mm-hmm. that office coordinator they have. He's a whiz kid. Pat Mahomes also has the best arm talent in the league. He's like, without a doubt, without a doubt, Aaron Rodgers. He's like baby Aaron Rodgers arm talent. Mahomes maybe has the best. You know, ever. I think he's already no, in that come discussion. On, man. Y'all tripping, yeah, come yeah. on, man. We're not yeah. talking Dan Marino hey, for five bands in the 80s. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the 80s, right? Five bands in the 80s. Dan Marino, we're not going to go. Brent Favre, Dan Marino, we're 
Come on now. He got levels, levels. But he is up there right now. Definitely best arm talent. Definitely. But his levels now. But he's up there. You know, talent only keeps going up, too. That's why I don't really like to compare to other generations because, you know, the talent gap, people know better. He probably had way better training than, you know, Brett Favre down there in Mississippi. <laughs> but, yeah, so Mahomes has great mobility mixed with, you know, the best arm talent in the league mixed with a high score offensive coordinator that's going to confuse you and throw fullback screens in the red zone. <laughs> <laughs> and all their wide receivers run four three, and okay. their tight end is a one on one match mismatch nightmare. So, yeah. So, so uh, a follow up question to that, Tyreek Hill. You know, you watch him on TV, and it's just ridiculous. You know how how fast he is. You know, I gotta ask. You know, in person. You know, is, is he the hardest guy to tackle right now in the NFL? No, he's not. He's the fastest dude in the NFL. He, he, sure, though. Who's the hardest? A healthy Zeke or Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yep. Fournette, yep. when he's not, you know, playing with the Jaguars and he feels like running, <laughs> that man's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but Tariq Hill, I mean, I'm not going to say he's easy to tackle, but he's extremely fast. If you, he'll, he'll kill your angles mm-hmm. because you're not going to anticipate him being that fast. You think you're wide enough. Like you think you're giving yourself enough of an angle to catch him, right? You're like, surely if I start running this way, <laughs> that I'll be able to now nah, he's gonna outrun that angle too. And then he's gonna outrun your safety's angle. Now he's just 70 yards of the touchdown. And he's mm-hmm. doing the little bye-bye peace sign at you. So yeah. that's that's it's like you can't miss or it's a touchdown with Tariq mm-hmm. Hill. Lewis, why are you laughing so much? Are we we do we need to bring back the debate of where Bro. Nate said last week where Aaron Rodgers is not okay. an all-time great quarterback. Nate said, no, no. Who, I said- who said that? That's no, 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 that's not what I said. <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Let me ask. Let me ask. No, 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 this is what I said. I said that after he did not, again, after he choked in the conference title game, we have to get away from him being this almighty, all-time great. I still put him in my top six or seven. I would take other quarterbacks above him. Okay, and I said, Dan Marino, all-time great? Yes. Never won a Super Bowl. How can you let him jump Aaron Rodgers? It's a, who's team. Won a, title? It's a team sport. It's a team man. sport. You gotta understand, man. I get that. Los, yeah. bro, you gotta watch. Damn it, Dan Marino. Dan Marino special. In the eighties, listen, Carl. I want to tell you, I watched Dan Marino play. He, you weren't even born yet, Dan Marino. That's the uh, you put Dan Marino. In, you, you put Dan Marino in today's game. It's over. He's throwing for. He's gonna throw years. for ten thousand yards. Yes. He's gonna go for ten thousand. It's gonna be like whoa, you're playing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. time out. That doesn't matter on, on rookie level. It's on the offside the system, you put him in as well. Man, Los, this is all I'm saying. I played against Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is amazing, right? He's do amazing. Think, do you think he's an all-time great? All-time great? I he's would big. put. I would have to think. I've never. I don't really do quarterbacks a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of it's like a lot of variables for me what I consider a good quarterback. Yes, I, I know that. You know would you mean? consider but, him an all-time great? <laughs> Ben, Ben, Ben is he's in that he's in that niche area, right? Like, mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he's on that right outside of like amazing. Eli like, Manning. Got, it's, no, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not playing Eli in that. Two times Super Bowl champion. He's but, the only quarterback to beat Brady in the Super Bowl. Man, those no, defenses. Good, no, it's, 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 no, when right? you saying great, when you say great, it's wow. like different. It's, it can only be like three great people, right? Like five great greats. Like, okay, who, great who, who, who's your top who, the greatest quarterbacks? Your top three in your consideration. Man, Joe Montana, okay, Tom Brady, uh huh, and then after that, everybody else, 
<laughs> I, I, I said Joe Montana last week, and I, he's like, no way. No, nope, that's man, my. Joe? Not say no way. Come on, man. If you did. Oh, John. No, so it's like me. for me, it would be like Joe Montana, Tom Brady, probably Tom Brady, Joe Montana, John Elway, Dan Marino, I'm Brett Favre. I'm going Steve. Peyton. Steve is three oh, for me. Guys. Peyton's got to be up there. Peyton. Oh, see Peyton Man, but yeah, like Peyton so Manning, so. bitch was good. Nah, man, are you crazy? Peyton that Man last Super Bowl. In Denver. The last Super Bowl he won in Denver wasn't his no, Super Bowl. No, no, no. We're not talking about that. That we, Peyton we're Man. Talking about we're not Andy. talking about that guy. Talking uh, about same Andy. quarterback, dog. <laughs> same quarterback. Same quarterback. He don't get an excuse. To, Tom don't get excuse. 43-year-old Peyton is different than Peyton. Peyton. We're not talking about a different, different environment, different Peyton, different Tom. We're not doing that. We're not giving him that excuse. Tom's not getting that excuse, and Tom's much older than Peyton is than when he stopped that's, that's playing. That's true. That's true. Not but getting excuse, y'all. Man, Peyton Manning changed football. Like yep. it's different now. Like Peyton Manning okay. invented offensive coordinators on the field. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay. <laughs> so it's like he invented that. Like nobody was like Peyton Manning come to the line of scrimmage, guys. Okay, y'all in cover four. Bet we're gonna run double posts. Hey, Reggie Marvin. Omaha, Omaha, blah blah blah. Touchdown. <laughs> like, yo, what are you talking about? When you hear Omaha, but, but you, about to score. But you played Tom though as well, though. Tom, Tom has changed the game in the fact that I don't need to even see what you're lined up in. No, from they stole that from Peyton. Nail, I've already beat you at the line of scrimmage. It's just where they I stole that. They stole that from Peyton in the a, in the AFC. They stole that. From yes, Peyton. I mean, I think it's executed better. I think it, it is. Just, it just yeah, Bill, Bill Belichick's amazing at that. The, the best thing does. Tom Brady has done is figure out how to cheat. Wow, I man. say, mm, but everybody kind of like. Yeah, everyone you know, cheats a little bit, but it was it was the stuff that y'all didn't even know about how like the yeah. unbalanced rules, right? Like the New England Patriots yeah. got a rule change. They didn't get the rule. They got the rule change because they were executing it. They would run a hurry up offense, but they would run unbalanced offensive lines off of it, so they wouldn't give you time to like adjust. And they would always have like tight ends backside eligible and do all kind of trick things like that. Mm-hmm. So that they used to like convert so many third and shorts off of things like that. And in the process of a game, you wouldn't even know they were finessing you or tricking you, but they're just getting away with something that's completely illegal because you're not even supposed to have this many line alignment on the uh on the line of scrimmage. But they would just do it so fast, you get two yards, and they were finally like, Whoa, this this is a legal formation. You, but, you know, the Patriots do things like, yeah, but they wouldn't even report. So it's different things like that, like that I would say more of like fudging things. Okay. But no, nah, man, when it comes good. to quarterbacks, man, you got to put Aaron Rodgers in there, though. He got to go. <laughs> but he's he's down a little bit, though. He is, he is like, in my humble opinion, in my ratings. Yeah, yeah. for for me, got- the, the GOAT's got to at least be able to win a little bit when it, when it matters. He chose. Man, he got two. He got two MVPs and two Super Bowls, yeah. right? Yeah. One, one Super Bowl. He's got one Super Bowl. I mean, that's why he's – Six or seven for me. Yo, guys, we got to put Drew Brees up there too. Yes. Come on now. Drew got to go. Like, come on. It's a lot of, man. Drew on the turf with Sean Payton. That is a nightmare. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, now what about Jameis now? It seems like it's Jameis time. I know Drew hasn't announced his retirement yet, but it seems like things are leaning the way where it's going to be Jameis Winston town in New Orleans. Thoughts on that? I like Jameis. You know, I think Jameis is a good quarterback. I like Jameis. I think, I think things are gonna work. Fine. I think with Sean Payton, I think he has a. I think he is. He's like a little quarterback whisperer. Like he knows. He's a little. I wouldn't say a guru too. He's just really good at isolating people. 
and getting people the ball that he wants to get the ball and letting his playmakers make plays for him. So when you got a play caller like that, as long as Jameis's decision making is right, he go he goes put up video game numbers. All right, Brody. Super Bowl. Super Bowl Sunday coming up. Chiefs, Tampa Bay in the backyard. Right in the backyard at the home crib. Who you got winning and what's the score? I don't even know a score. And I don't even know who's going to win, to be honest with you. I think it's a great matchup. I think that the loss of Eric Fisher to the, with that Achilles with this crazy pass rush like JPP and and uh, what is Barnett, I want to say. I want to mm-hmm. get his name wrong. Mm-hmm. Shaq Barrett. But, yeah, Barrett. Barrett. Shaq Barrett. I think those two guys, but I think without Eric Fisher, it's going to go crazy. So, I mean, I, I want to see Tom Brady get another one. I want to see Tom Brady separate himself from the Bill Belichick narrative. That's what I want to see. I can't stand him. I mean, I can't me either, but you got can't either. Now that he's in the NFC, guys, I'm like, okay, Tom Brady's great. <laughs> yeah. Left, I'm like, yeah, Tom Brady's, I like to that. that guy's yeah, great. nice. Yeah, guy. I'll deal with him now. Yeah, I did. I can't stand him. Just can't stand him. But I, I don't know. My my dad's a big uh, Buccaneers fan, so I always will pull for the Bucks too. Um, and I, I think it will be a good game, though. It's, but what is it still supposed to be rainy a little bit in Tampa? They're saying now it's going to be uh, pregame. It's, it's Florida. It's going to rain. It's Florida. Now. Well, like two of the last two Super Bowls in Florida has had rain. It's still cold outside. It sucks. Yeah, yeah no, it's nasty. Man, it ain't cold, man. It was snowing here in Carolina two days ago. I don't want to hear about it. That's not, yeah, yeah. It's not. Come on. I got eight inches outside right now. That's terrible. Eight inches? Uh-uh. <laughs> Backed up. No way. You're used to terrible. it now. Well, we've had, on, we've had you on here for over an hour now, and – this is something we've been looking forward to for so long. And thanks to Los too, but we definitely appreciate you coming on here. We talk a lot of Florida state football. We talked a lot of NFL. We had some arguments, which is always best. That's how you get more listens on podcasts. So on shows, you know, Stephen A. Smith, the only way they got so many views because they just argue back and forth. So uh, definitely appreciate you coming on here, man. This has been a, a phenomenal experience. I know for me and I think for the rest of the crew here. Yeah, man, it was great for you guys to have me, man. I really appreciate time. it. Thank you, Brody. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to uh, grab a jersey soon. You know, I might have to have something put up in the back of. The, uh, you know, I got a lot of room here, Vinny. I got a lot of room here. I need to need to figure out what to put here. I'll just send you like an inventory to Los of what I might want to put up there. So. Man, tell Los to send it. I'll sign it for you. You can put it back there. Hey. Okay. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. Hey. Appreciate you, man. Um. Definitely. Thanks for coming on. No problem, man. You guys have a great night. And we're back now after the Vince Williams interview. We're going to jump into basketball to end off the podcast. Uh, Austin, three games postponed, kind of almost out of nowhere. We're all looking forward to watching some basketball earlier in the week on Tuesday. That didn't end up happening. What's the latest with that? What's going on? It was kind of crazy because right after the Georgia Tech game, they stayed in Atlanta the night. Then they flew up to Boston on Sunday, got there a day early. Got, you know, got used to the weather because, you know, in Boston, it's 10 inches of snow right now. Trying to get used to the weather, get used to practicing. Then, you know, Boston College's coach is saying, hey, we really don't want to play this game because Boston College had four healthy scholarship players. But because they had enough walk-ons to play, ACC's like, oh, yeah, you're playing this game. What are you talking about? They didn't want to play it. Then all of a sudden, Florida State, positive test, contact tracing. It sabotaged us. It sucks. It's so – it's – it so sucks. 
we're not going to hear who it came out from um, just because it's the way the same run is ran. What's even worse is the first COVID pause was after a false positive. Mm-hmm. So now you're looking at this going, man, well, Florida State needed needs these road games. You're looking at the schedule now going, if the rest of the games are played, you have five total road games for the entire season. It sucks for resume building. It sucks for getting experience on the road or in these hostile environments or in these neutral environments that this team needs. Because, yeah, you got some experience, but they don't have experience playing in the ACC or in the tournament. They needed these road games at Pitt, at Boston College, at Virginia Tech, just to gain some confidence on playing away from Tallahassee. They're going to have like 17 games at home by the time the season's over. It's insane. 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 I hope they get a great job for the tournament. Away, it's all in one city. Yeah, um, at least it's all in Indy. Yep. And at least with the ACC tournament, which they're saying is going to happen, and I'm going to s- stand here every single week vehemently and say it should May not happen. happen. It should not. It shouldn't happen. ACC tournament should not happen. Austin, who, 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 who? Right now, who's your ACC champion? You're asking me. No one knows. ACC is so bad. Virginia Tech just beat Virginia, then lost to Pitt by ten. It's it sucks, man. <laughs> you have maybe three tournament teams right now, with re- with tournament resumes in Florida State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. Yeah, can I ask though why? Okay, you think I'm Carolina asking, makes it? I'm asking. I don't about, know. They just lost. Podcast. They just lost to Clemson. What? What? Why is ACC basketball down right now? Part of it is we're seeing more one and duns and more two and duns than in the past. You know, okay. in the past, it was just Duke and Carolina, but they could rebuild. This year with mm-hmm. COVID, they weren't able to get the freshmen installed like they wanted to. Florida State's seeing it now. The new so they're guys, having to sit and wait and play. Yeah, it's not even that they're having to sit and wait. It's just they don't know what they're doing. Carolina's used to having these insanely fast point guards that just push the tempo nonstop. I mean, even when Kobe White was there, going back to Marcus Page, Kendall Marshall, they just had guys that just pushed. They don't have that. Caleb Love's a, a really good ball player. He just can't push the tempo like these Carolina point guards have in the past. And with Duke, their freshmen are great, but they don't have the experience that they've had in the past. They haven't had that Grayson Allen this year. They haven't had that J.J. Redick. And then with the rest of the ACC, Syracuse is a shell of its former self, and it'll be that way until Bayheim retires. Louisville, I think... They're still rebuilding from the whole Patino thing. They will be for a long time. Chris Mack's a great – he's a good coach, but I don't think he's a great coach. And I know I'm going to get flamed for saying that. Pitt, I, I don't love Jeff Capel. He's doing good things with Pitt this year, but he's fine. Virginia Tech and Wake Forest, still new coaches. I don't know what their plans are. NC State's going to be mid-tier for the foreseeable future, and same with Miami. And then everyone else, who cares? Mm-hmm. True. Yeah. I, I think, you know – what Austin just said is, you know, Duke's always had that one or two guys that have stayed three to four years. And, they, you know, they've been – I they think Demick and Kentucky have gotten just hammered with the one and done. They've, they've got Jordan Goldwire, but he sucks. He is mm-hmm. so bad. He should not be playing games for Duke. And then after that, it's Matthew Hurt, who it's his second season, and he was the fourth-best freshman last year. That's mm-hmm. just not a typical Duke team. Dustin, are you going to invite me to the next home game, or is that pretty much it? That was our one and done. Because I don't want to. I don't want to get COVID, so <laughs> stick away from you. I'm gonna. I don't have COVID. Just COVID outbreaks. So I just stay away from everybody now. Team does. 
Oh my God. Speaking of the team, we should man- mention Anthony Polite. He was supposed to be back this weekend against Pitt, according to a couple of people I talked to. But now that we're on another delay, he should definitely be back for the next home games homestand, which by the way, huge homestand for Florida State when they do come back. Wake Forest, which whatever. But then Virginia and Virginia Tech both at home. Those are big games. Invite me. Invite me, Dustin. I want to go to at least one of those. Can I go to the Virginia one? I'm I'm not gonna make a decision right now. <laughs> I wanted to come down. I wanted to come down for those two games, but I can't. I got other uh, people to talk to, Logan. <laughs> uh, yeah, us on here. And that, yeah, you're engaged. We get it. I also have to give a real quick apology she, to Coach she don't Jones. don't want to go to the basketball for, uh, game. I'll tell you that. She don't want to go. <laughs> I have to give a real quick apology to Coach Jones for slandering Mountain Dew, and he called me out for it on Twitter today. I saw that. It <laughs> was really? so funny. Yeah. Coach Jones, huge diet Mountain Dew guy. I don't know if anyone knows this. Mm-mm. As as soon why, as, why would we know that? I, I don't know because I don't know if he had made that public. But as soon as I sent that tweet and he replied to it immediately, I just got so many texts and DMs from managers going, "Bro, you, you just screwed yourself on this one." <laughs> what? So if nobody knows, that is the practically your center coach, FSU. Yeah, been with Coach Legend. for twenty five years, not just at Florida State, but a couple years at Miami too. Went with him to Washington at the one and a half years they were with the Wizards, and then been at Florida State ever since. Is he private? He is private. Oh my gosh! What he, he say? What he say? He he just uh, he said easy young fellow. <laughs> and your tweet said, "I'm having to explain Austin's story." Yeah. Because so it, nobody knows. So I had KFC for lunch, and I ordered. Oh, a lemonade. <laughs> yeah, I ordered I'm a lemonade. at KFC. Oh. Yeah, I ordered a lemonade, and apparently someone took my lemonade, so I was left with Mountain Dew, and it sucks. <laughs> I don't drink soda, so all of a sudden I'm sitting here going, this is not lemonade, man. This is horrible. <laughs> and then someone's like, oh, yeah, that was my Mountain Dew. I'm like, man. So That's- I sent a tweet out saying, how do people drink Mountain Dew? This is nasty. And immediately I get a reply from Coach Jones. Hey, I would say that. I'll just say right now, that would never happen at Chick-fil-A. They keep True. it nice and professional. You're going to get your drink what you selected exactly. always. Which I, I, sh- I shouldn't have straight away. Yeah. But it's what my coworkers wanted. So I was like, whatever. I don't want to go out of the way. <laughs> I was trying to be a good coworker. I won't be yeah. next time. It's fine. Oh, that's nice. Anything else basketball-wise that we should be aware of? Not really. Not really. Everyone's on pause right now. Everyone's trying to get healthy. Everyone's getting a couple extra workouts in. And hopefully this team comes back. After COVID, like they did last time. Yeah, hopefully a little pissed off after the Georgia Tech game too. Maybe should be. They should be. We talked about it on the instant reaction. They should be. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's everything for this episode. This has been jam packed um, with Vince Williams' interview. Shout out to Los too for hooking it up with his brother. Man, I think he's gonna have to come on yearly. I think that's what just gonna have to happen. Uh, see if we can get him back on here at some point because that was awesome. It was great to hear, and I loved how his point of view. I mean, talking like some other some Knowles that are on the same boat as him. You know, it's hard to keep up with Florida State when they're at the state that they're at. Man, it's just not entertaining, and I don't I don't blame some of these other former Knowles. It kind of pisses them off watching what's going on, but he does like the kind of uh, way and maybe Norvell and what they're doing. So uh vince williams was awesome thanks as always for listening shout out to our friends on west tennessee street the chick-fil-a over there near campus 
I got two locations. Go over there and say what's up. Say here the spear sent you. Uh, shout out to our listeners live. Hit that like button or retweet or hit the subscribe button. We're on YouTube, Google Play, Spotify. Uh, we're everywhere. So definitely appreciate everybody watching live. Had a great night. Our longest episode of the year so far. Next week. Next week, something, something's going down, right? Hey. I'm wearing my colors for a reason. We did it again. Yeah. That, that should, be, it should be another fun one. We're going back we to back again. with it. Going back hey, to we, back. We, can we hand it? We said we got to go defensive, but we got to go to the other side. We got to get, get, get another big-time dog that came through Florida State on offense and in the NFL. We got a big-time Don't guest. say too much. Don't say too much. No, I'm not going to say anymore. I was about to say one more thing, but I'm stopping because it would give away. But big-time guest tomorrow night, 8.30, same time. Well, not tomorrow He's night. Uh, not That's tomorrow sweet. night. That's sweet. Thursday night, I'm going to say. Night. Too pumped. He's too pumped. <laughs> Friday night, y'all down, you know? Yeah, I know. I'll be too intoxicated, so I can't. But next Thursday, be with us, 8.30. Subscribe, hear the spear. Appreciate everybody listening. Y'all have a great rest of y'all's week and weekend. See you guys.